Live from the Hot Stove Lounge, the Flames Talk post-game show starts now. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. That was fun on this Thursday night here at the Dome. The Flames prevail 3-2 in overtime over the Boston Bruins to sweep the season series. Nazem Kadri scores the game winner with 64 seconds to go in overtime. Welcome to our Flames Talk post-game show. It's Pat Steinberg along with you, and let's head to the Flames locker room right now and get some post-game reaction from one of tonight's goal scorers. Martin Pospisil joins us right now. Martin, that was uh, a lot of fun to watch but uh, tell us about the game. How did it feel out there tonight? Yeah, uh, I think it was also a uh, lot of fun to play. Um, I think it was a, it was a great game. Uh, uh, we played we play, uh, really good, uh, but the, the last period they, they come come back, and but we still st- we stick with it, and then uh, Kat scored a really nice goal in the overtime, so... Uh, yeah, it was 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 fun, fun game. Uh, that uh, that has to feel nice to see your uh, your center iceman score the overtime winner. Hey, how cool was it to see Kadri score his twentieth tonight? Yeah, it was great. Uh, you know, uh, he's he's buzzing around there, and uh, he just needs to stay hard. And uh, I'm happy for him. Um, okay, tell us about the goal that you scored tonight, Martin. It was a big goal after Boston had tied it. Yeah, um, I mean that was a great shift after when uh, when they scored. So uh, it was nice to uh, nice to score a goal, uh, and uh, yeah, it was. I think it was a great play by by Cats uh, again. Uh, it was nice pass to Zara, and Zara, I think he, he shot it. Uh, I think there was a backhand shot, and I was just uh, kind of hanging out on the back there. So, yeah, it was good. It was good. Uh, Martin, what uh, what did your group do well against a very good Boston team tonight? I think we uh, we had a lots of energy, you know. They played a back to back, and uh, uh, we knew uh, we have to dictate the, the game. And uh, I think uh, we done it pretty good job tonight. And we just have to uh, keep keep rolling. And uh, uh, there's another game on uh, on Saturday against Edmonton, so make sure we are ready for that. And finally, Martin, just uh, here you are. You're still right in a playoff fight. Just how um, how focused is this group? How excited is this group for the the playoff? Chase? here yeah uh, you know uh, every game we're fighting for the for the playoff spot so uh, I'm taking it uh, already now as a playoff so uh, we have to win uh, pretty much every game you know if we want to uh, make the playoffs so uh, you know just step by step and uh, make sure we're, we're ready on the Saturday hey Martin congratulations on the goal more importantly congratulations on the win thanks so much for doing this tonight hey thank you thank you so much that is Martin Pospisil post game he was part of this 3-2 overtime win for the Flames on the road uh, not on the road right here at the Scotiabank Saddledome against the uh, Boston Bruins a fun one tonight and uh, the Flames have now won back-to-back games, so two straight after two uh, straight losses to kick off this homestand. Four games at home, they finish with a 500 record. Okay, welcome to our Flames Talk post-game show. We are underway on a Thursday night. It's Pat Steinberg along with you on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Phone lines are open at 403-240-4444. The text line's open at 960-960. Joining the Hot Stove Lounge by Megan Mickelson and Derek Wills. And, geez, I mean... 
game of inches, Hamick. I mean, this was, uh, you know, the, the first period. The Flames could have taken it over. It felt like in the back half, the Bruins could have taken it over. In overtime, both teams have so many just misses. Boston missed twice there, and then Kadri goes the other way and makes no mistake on uh, on the OT winner. That was, uh, that was a fun one. Hard fought on both sides tonight. Yeah, a really exciting game, that's for sure, and definitely really liked the start. That was huge for this team coming into this game. Ryan Huska talked about it this morning and just the importance of Boston's a very good first period team. So to come out and to have the strong start that they did getting two first period goals, I mean, that was crucial. And then Jacob Markstrom just absolutely playing out of his mind in this game. The amount of saves that he made, high danger saves. Obviously, you don't want to give up as many opportunities that they did. But, you know, you give Boston credit. They're a very good hockey team. And Markstrom shut the door uh, right up until the very last second. Yeah, I mean, they're atop the Atlantic Division and the Eastern Conference and second overall in the National Hockey League for a reason. They're a really good team. And I thought they were a little bit sleepy in the first period. And I wondered if fatigue was a factor. But to the Bruins' credit, they got better as this game went on. And that's tough to do when you're playing in the second half of a back-to-back and you're coming off an emotional 6-5 overtime victory over the Oilers up at Edmonton last night. And then you get to overtime. And you're playing an OT for the fourth consecutive contest and for the fifth time in six games and for the 20th time this season. And maybe fatigue did play a factor in overtime because there were certainly some mental mistakes out there for both sides. But, boy, that's a huge win for the Flames who continue to prove that they can play with and quite often beat the best teams in the league. Now, if they'd stop losing to bottom feeders, then I think they'd really put themselves in a, a good position when it comes to the fight for that second wild card spot in the Western Conference. But a really good hockey game, and uh, you got to give Nazem Kadri credit. Uh, he's been one of the Flames' two best players this season, and if he's not number one on that list, Jacob Markstrom is. And for me, those are two guys are the two biggest reasons why the Flames pick up two points tonight. Nazem Kadri's season just continues to be outstanding. I thought he was the best player on the ice. He was down as the number one star yeah. before he scored the overtime winner. And uh, I just, I mean, I, I just thought there was no doubt who was the best player out there on either side. I know Charlie Coyle scores a couple of goals, but I mean, after 40 minutes of play, that line, Kadri, Pospisil, and Zeri was 100% on mm-hmm. their five-on-five possession. Um, and, and they, like, <laughs> with, I believe, high dangers were 4 nothing with them out there, 7 nothing scoring chances. When it was all said and done, they finished at 71.4%. High dangers were 4-1 with them out there, 8-2 scoring chances. You know, we, we had the chat... Um, last week or the week before, Wilsey, about you know, who's the number one line on this team? And, and I know Eric Francis asked Ryan Huska that question this morning as well. And tonight, it was the Kadri line, no question about it. Yeah, no question about it. And uh, he reaches some milestones for the season, his 20th goal. His 30th assist, his 50th point, leads the team with those 50 points. And even prior to picking up two points tonight, he was on pace for 28 goals and 70 points this season. And that would be the second best season of Nazem Kadri's career. And he's had some really good seasons. So uh, he's been fantastic for the Flames in this 2023-2024 campaign. And so has that line since being put together, the Kadri and the kids line. And who'd have thunk it? Uh, I mean, you've got uh, a guy who's your number one or number two centerman to start the season. Uh, when the team still had Elias Lindholm, I think that was uh, up for debate. But now he's a guy who's got two rookies playing on his wings. And that has been 
the most dangerous line consistently for this team uh, since they were put together. So another big night for them and uh, for the guy who plays up the middle on that group. Yeah, I mean, he was incredible in this game. And for me, it's the way that he plays that way consistency or consistently. It's his work ethic night in and night out. But how that translates into the way that he plays, like anybody can go out there and work hard, right? And not everybody can go out there and play great the way that he does on a nightly basis. So that's what is so impressive for me is not just the way that he works, but the way that mm-hmm. like he plays and, and figures out no matter who they're playing against, he finds ways to be effective. And the other thing for me is, I mean, Connor Zary has talked about uh, how Nazem Kadri going 110% all the time has pushed him, but it's really cool, too, to see the way that those young kids have pushed Nazem Kadri and, and how he's really embraced that leadership role in bringing those guys along. So, you know, that line has just been outstanding and, and continues to be on a nightly basis. Full disclosure, uh, you uh, select the three stars before uh, overtime, and you kind of put in, like, if the Flames win, here are the three stars. If the Bruins win, here are the three stars. And then Jacob Markstrom went crazy in overtime, and it was too late. I couldn't get him in. So, uh, and, and I say that because I don't want Jason Barbara, well. Jason LaBarbera to lunge across the table. Are here. you planting a seed for maybe hardest working flame? Potentially. Okay. Um, Jason LaBarbera joins us right now, Flames goaltending coach. Boy, I, I know that. Uh, I, I know that. Oh, you're. Are you not? Can you not hear? Uh, that box is not working. Why don't I switch headsets here? Okay. Um, always good. Live radio. Um, <laughs> How about now? Can you hear me now? There we go. There we go. Good. Um, so, Mr. LaBarbera, uh, yeah, your goaltender, your goaltender had to make a couple of big stops tonight. Hey, that was uh, that was a uh, that was a pretty solid night for him. What'd you make of uh, What'd you make of Jacob tonight? Oh, now, see, I've screwed it up. Now we're all That's fine. Up. This one's off. There we go. There we go. <laughs> just oh, this, take, uh, just let go. the guy run the board, <laughs> run the board. Well, I thought we switched heads. It, it, it was all crossed up. Uh. Uh. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, he was very good tonight for sure. Um, I, I like I like his game. He, he's done. I mean, really all year it's been uh, um, good to see how he's been playing and, and the things that he's been doing. And he's he's been so consistent with all the stuff that we you know we've we've wanted to uh, um, build on. And and it's yeah tonight was a was a was a obviously a really good game. Uh, Oliver Shillington scores again, uh, goals in back-to-back games now. It just seems like he's really starting to kind of get back into the groove. And, I mean, I thought he was the best defenseman on the ice tonight. Just what have you seen from him and his progression um, in continuing to improve his play? Well, it's it's wild, actually. You think about it. Like, he missed a year and a half, and he's just jumped into the lineup, and, like, he looked like, looks like he hasn't missed a beat. Like, right from the first game he's played, like, every night he's been – consistently solid and he's getting rewarded you know the last two games by, by scoring obviously and um i mean his skating ability is so elite right like the way he moves his feet and his ability to to close on guys it's something that uh that we missed when he wasn't here and i mean the hit the first goal like it started with him i don't know who he closed on but he but he shut that play right down and then went all the way back up the ice and uh, he jumped up in the rush and scored a nice goal so his uh, you know that's the one thing that he's always had is his ability to skate and um, we certainly uh, missed that the last, last little while, so it's nice to have him back. We've talked a lot about the season being a roller coaster ride for this team. And 
how the Flames have been Dr. Jekyll one night and Mr. Hyde the next night. And I know that there are probably fans who are at the game or listening to the game who are wondering, how do they do this again? So they go on the road and you beat three good teams, the Bruins, the Devils, and the Islanders, play a pretty good game against the Rangers and lose that, but you can live with that. And then you come home and lose 6-3 to the Sharks and 5-0 to the Red Wings. And then you bounce back by beating the Jets 6-3 and the Bruins 3-2. Have you been able to wrap your head around how there have been so many highs and lows this season? I mean, it's a long season, right? There's there's going to be ebbs and flows. There's going to be games and stretches where you're playing really well and, and you're you're happy with where, where your team's at. And there's going to be stretches where... Uh, you know, you're not you're not at your best, and you're gonna you're gonna have nights where you're, you know you struggle, and you don't and you don't win, and you don't play well, and um, that's how the NHL season is. It there there there's there's so many ebbs and flows to the season, and the key is not letting it uh, get away from you, right? So, I mean, I've said it all year. Like the, the strongest part of our group is the whole. Um, we need everybody every single night, and if everyone's pulling in the right direction. We have a very good hockey team, and uh, you know when, when we have been at our best, we've had contributions from everybody every single night. Did you feel like that tonight? Jason LaBarbera's with us, Flames goaltending coach. Did it feel like a, a night where everybody was on it and you were getting contributions from up and down? Yeah, for sure. And, and the thing is, you know, the way the way the game goes now is you have to stick with it, right? You, you can't, especially against you know some of these teams, you know, the, the Boston's and the you know some of the top teams in the league is. Is if you if you get away from your game and you get away from your structure, you know you open the game up and you allow the their team top players to, to to take control of games. And uh, when we are playing well, we, we stick with it for 60 minutes and we play within our system and and the guys work and and they're competitive and they block shots and they do all the little things like that. And uh, it allows you to stay in games. And obviously the way you know Marky's played this series, he's kept us in a lot of games and kept us around games. And you know like like, like tonight we found a way to win. I'm going to get a, or ask a question that I might get mad at myself for asking later because I said I wasn't <laughs> going to talk about trade stuff anymore. Um, but just, I mean, obviously, you know, the talk around Jacob Markstrom and what has potentially transpired recently or, or almost did um, and what may happen in the future. I guess as the goaltending coach, like how do you manage that in terms of uh, the conversations that you have with them just on a daily basis? Uh, it would be really tough to navigate, it seems. Yeah, I mean, your approach is, you know, you have no control over that sort of stuff, right? You you come to the rink every day, you're prepared, uh, you, 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 you keep working on your process. You keep touching on all, you know, it's cliche, but all the little things every day. And, um, you know, there's, there's all, that's part of the business. There's always going to be stuff like that out there. And, um, you know, it's, it's all of our jobs to come, come here every single day and, and work and make sure we're prepared and, and get the guys ready to go as much as possible. And it's their jobs to show up and, and, and play. And, and that's all you have control over. And that's how you have to look at it. Jason, you talked about how the Flames are a team that is built to win by rolling four lines and three pairings and by getting good to great goaltending. But the truth is, for most of the season, you guys didn't get enough from your fourth line. But I look at the trio of Kevin Rooney and Dryden Hunt and Walker Dewar. They had 12 hits between them in this hockey game. Are you guys getting what you need from that group right now? Yeah, it's been nice. And obviously, you know, when we got Pelts back, he was a, a difference maker for us on that line, too. And, you know, when he's out of the lineup, that hurts us, too. So, um, 
you need four lines in this league. You know, it's 82-game season. Like I said, there's a lot, there, you, there's a lot of hockey. Um, you got to find ways to get those guys in, and you need those guys to contribute, whether it's, um, you know, being responsible all over the ice, whether it's being physical, bringing energy, et cetera. So um, it's been nice, you know, and Kevin Rooney's done, I think, has done a really good job uh, jumping in. Again, he's missed, you know, he missed a lot of the year with, with that injury, and um, for him to come in, and, and again, he, he only played a couple games in the American League and really hasn't missed a beat and done a great job on our kill, which is which has been important for us. And how about Dryden Hunt in the last couple of games? Mm-hmm. Spending most of his time on the fourth line, but on occasion promoted to what I would call the first line uh, in Andre Kuzmenko's spot alongside Jonathan Huberto and Yegor Sharangovich. Have you been surprised by his ability to play in both a fourth line and at times a first line role? No, we, we know what Hunts he is and he knows what he is. That's the, that's the thing, right? He's been around for a while. He, he, he has an understanding of what type of player he is at, at this level and um, you know, you can. He's one of those guys you can kind of move around the lineup a little bit, and um, you know, it's funny for those guys. You can play him in the American League, and, and he's first power play. He's playing a lot of minutes. He's sort of an offensive sort of counted on guy, and then they get called up, and then they're fourth line <laughs> guys, and they have to sort of change your game. But that's what makes him a great pro is is he's, he has the ability to adapt and change his game, and um, you know, he's he's a really good hockey player. He's so like uh, he's like a chameleon. Yeah. You need those guys, like the Swiss Army Knives, right? They can kind of move around your lineup, and they they bring a lot of different things to your yeah. lineup. Random thought. <laughs> just uh, just wanted to end with uh, a, a thought on the guy who scores the overtime winner. And I, just, I even look at, at this homestand, and, and you come back home, and you, you play San Jose and Detroit, and those are not great games for the group. But in both games, you're like, geez, Kadri, like, he looks like he's trying to drag the group into the fight and, and didn't necessarily come out in results. But you're like, yep, Kadri was on it that night, scores a huge power play goal to tie the game on on Monday, and tonight thought he was the best player on the ice. It just seems like every night he is setting the tone for your group. I, I'm just how how much is that rubbed off on on the group this year? Well, a lot for sure. You, you need guys like Nas to sort of carry carry the the mail for you some nights, right? Like he's one of your better players. He's a centerman, um, you know. And you know, Nas, as you guys know, he's a super competitive guy and. Uh, he's a gamer, you know. That's the thing about Nas is he's, he's a gamer, and he likes to. He obviously loves to play hockey, and and uh, I think playing with you know Pospi and and Zars has brought a lot of energy to him, and I think he's embraced that role of of being the leader on that line, and uh, those guys have been pretty good for us. Appreciate the time. Congratulations on the wins. Thanks for doing this, Barb's. All right, fo- right, guys. Thanks. That is uh, <laughs> Jason LaBarbera joining us uh, post game here. Uh, the goaltending coach of the Calgary Flames, following a three-two overtime win over the Boston Bruins here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. The only thing, you know what? Before we go any further, uh, let's select tonight's hardest working flame. Brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Are you the hardest working plumber or HVAC tech? Canyon's hiring. Send resumes to jobs at canyonplumbing.com. Mick, which way you? leaning on the hardest working flame tonight this one's hard i mean we're going one of two ways okay i i'm gonna go honorable mention to nazim kadri i obviously we've talked about him enough he's been or he was excellent in this game and has been all season long but i just don't think you win that hockey game without jacob markstrom the saves that he made especially starting in the second period like those were 10 bellers that he made and then you look at the save that he made in overtime like that was a two on oh mm-hmm. it makes that save you don't go back down the other way and get the opportunity that they did without him making those saves he was out of his mind tonight jacob markstrom and if you're gonna uh if you're gonna make a mess 
you got to clean it up. And he kind of <laughs> yeah. did in overtime. Yes, right? yes. And, and, and he, he cleaned it up very nicely. Uh, Jacob Markstrom, outstanding tonight. Once again, and he is your hardest working flame, brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Want to get recognized and rewarded for your achievements? Learn from the best. Send your resume to jobs at canyonplumbing.com. It's our Flames Talk postgame show with uh, Derek Wills, Megan Mickelson, Pat Steinberg around the table. Our marquee matchup tonight brought to you by Country Hills Toyota. We're just focusing in on the, the Bruins-Flames rematch. They played 16 days apart. Much more competitive this time around. Goes to overtime with the Flames winning 3-2 in overtime. The only negative that I would come away, I don't want to even say negative, but I don't know if you, like, Andre Kuzmenko saw less than two minutes of third period ice time in this one tonight. I, I'm... I am starting to get a little concerned, Wilsey, about that. That's been three of the last four games now where he's either been demoted or almost benched in the third period. I, that is that is starting to become like we, we just talked about how it's got to be from up and down the lineup. That's one thing that I, I think they need to get back on track closer to like when he came into the lineup against Boston the first time around. Yeah, I actually really liked him in that line in the first period yeah. tonight. I, I thought they did a great job getting into the offensive zone, staying into the offensive zone. The one thing that Ryan Huska said was that Andre Kuzmenko has a, a really nice ability to protect the puck. Mm-hmm. And I thought he did a great job of that in the first period. Had an assist. Uh, finished this game with one shot, four attempts, and a takeaway. So it uh, wasn't credited with any giveaways, which can be uh, a problem for him at times. But, yeah, I mean, it is concerning when you have a guy who in back-to-back games is promoted from the first line to the fourth line and who doesn't get a ton of ice time in, in the third period of a what was a close hockey game tonight. So uh, anxious to maybe do a little bit more digging on Andre Kuzmenko when we have a chance to chat with Ryan Huska tomorrow. Yeah, I would agree with you, Wilsey. I thought that line was really good in the first period, and I was sort of scratching my head when they started putting Dryden Hunt up on that line. But one thought that popped into my head is that Jacob Pelche is close to coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm wondering, Dryden Hunt, he, they would play similarly just in terms, you know, they're smaller players, uh, can bring some energy, speed, a little bit of offense. Like maybe they're trying a guy like Hunt out on that line thinking that, you know, maybe that's where they put Pelche when he comes back. I don't know. That's sort of a an outside thought of maybe they're trying to see, okay, is Kuzmenko a better fit there or would a guy like Jacob Pelche be a better fit there? That's the only thing I can hmm. think of. But, you know, for me, I would – and what I will probably do when I'm not sure about something is go back and look at Kuzmenko's shifts and see, uh, you know, if there was anything glaring in terms of his play, because I mean, he's an offensive guy, right? Uh, But you think of the fact that they were up to one, they were protecting a lead at that point. Uh, But then when the game's two, two, I mean, were they playing it safe and trying to make sure that they got to overtime and just got a point? Is that the reason why he's sitting on the bench? So I'm with you. I would like to see what Ryan Huska has to say. The one thing I wonder about is if they feel like they need a different type of player to complement Jonathan Huberto and Yegor Sharangovich, someone who plays a little bit heavier game and Dryden Hunt does that. I I take a look at uh, what he did in this hockey game tonight and he had six hits. So maybe they feel like they need someone who goes out there and does some of the dirty work to maybe create some space for two or more skilled players in Huberto and Sharon Govich. I'm not sure, but maybe they feel like they've got two of the same 
types of players on that line with, with Sharon Govich and Kuzmenko, although uh, for me, Sharon Govich is certainly a better skater and a better 200-foot player than Kuzmenko, even though mm-hmm. Kuzmenko might have a little bit higher ceiling uh, offensively when it comes to goal scoring. So not sure, but uh, when it happens in back-to-back games, that certainly does raise a red flag. Yeah, it's just uh, – and, and if he's not there – just don't know where else you put 96, right? Like, you can't play him on your fourth line regularly. That's not who he is. And you can't break up the backland line. You can't no. break up the cadre line. So it's like, if he's not there, where do you put And this is kind of the situation that Vancouver was running into. I'm just It's curious to see how yeah. this one will play out. But we've also seen him play really well, which may be going into Edmonton and the style of game that might be on Saturday. Maybe that's exactly what the, the doctor orders in terms of how Kuzmenko can be more effective. Uh, okay, Flames Talk postgame on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. Eric Wills, Megan Mickelson, Pat Steinberg, 3-2 overtime. Flames win over Boston here at the Scotiabank Saddledome to wrap up a four-game homestand. Uh, we'll hear from head coach Ryan Huska very shortly, but uh, why don't we get some final thoughts from you two heading into round three of the Battle of Alberta on Saturday, starting with Mick. Yeah, a few things that I just thought were crucial. Number one was their start, uh, and then Jacob Markstrom shutting the door. Like, those are, are two keys to them winning this hockey game, but, you know, again, showing they can go toe-to-toe with some of the, the best teams in this league. And a lot of the players have talked about the belief that they still have in the room. And you don't come out and play a game the way that they did without having that belief and belief that they can get into the playoffs. So, I mean, I, I love the resiliency of the group just in terms of being able to bounce back after losing three straight and uh, making a real push for it. It's a, a competitive group, and you have to give them a ton of credit for the way that they just continue to push back, and it's going to be uh, an interesting game on Saturday night up in Edmonton. Yeah, I give the entire team credit for finding a way to block out the noise for the most part. I think it has impacted them at times. I really believe it did impact them when they came off the road and then all of a sudden there was the swarm of media and they're back at home around family and friends and probably answering questions at work and at home about all of these rumors that are floating around. But in particular, I give credit to three players, Jacob Markstrom, Noah Hannafin and Chris Tanev, because they're right in the eye of the storm right now when it comes to the March 8th trade deadline and what Craig Conroy is or isn't going to do. And those guys continue to play at a high level for this hockey team. Uh, And I give them credit because when you go on the road and play three really good games and then play two pretty good periods in your only loss and and then come home and lose 6-3 to a, a Sharks team that is going to have a pretty good chance to get uh, the number one overall pick uh, in this summer's NHL draft and to a Red Wings team that is good, but kind of ran your show beating a 5 nothing mm-hmm. on home ice. They could have said, you know what, we're five points out of a playoff spot again. We're kind of spinning our tires and just waved the white flag. They absolutely did not do that. Even when you look at what happened in that Monday game against the Jets, you score first, you're up one nothing, great start, and then – a guy who you traded a first-round pick to move, not to acquire, but to trade away, Sean Monahan scores a natural hat trick. You're down two <laughs> goals, and you're like, what the heck just happened? They could have gone away then, and they didn't. They battled back, scored five unanswered to win that game, beat uh, one of the top seven teams in the overall standings on Monday, and they beat the second overall team in the NHL tonight 
in what was a really good hockey game. So I give the guys a ton of credit. Uh, despite all the noise, they will not go away in this Western Conference playoff race. Mm -hmm. And this was a wildly entertaining hockey game. And I think fitting that Nazem Kadri, who's been one of the team's two best players, and Jacob Markstrom, who's been one of the team's two best players, were the stars of the show at opposite ends of the ice tonight. Uh, great hockey game. And... Uh, Boy, wouldn't it be something if the Flames found a way to beat the Oilers in the Battle of Alberta on Saturday? And and I do wonder if, if for some fans that might uh, change the, the tone of the conversation, uh, at least for a little while. Uh, I'm not saying for the team. I'm saying for some fans. No? No. Not some fans? No fans? No, I'm maybe some fans. The, 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 the steadfast ones, I don't think so. There's, yeah. There's a very vocal group of steadfast ones that believe there's one path forward and that's it right now um see y'all tomorrow at, okay. uh, at practice bye friends good night bye. uh that's Derek wills and megan mickelson signing off on this thursday night following a 3-2 overtime win over the boston bruins we're not signing off though lots still to do including head coach ryan huska right now Ryan, what what is it about Nazem where he seems to come up in in these key moments? It's such important for you guys when the game seems to be on the line. Um, what is it about him? Yeah, I, I think he's a competitor, and when games are on the line, he's I would assume from a young man, I I, I would guess he's probably been at his best because he. I think he's one of those guys that hates to lose more than he likes to win. So that's why I think you see him elevate his play. What do you think was the difference for your group tonight? Um, I loved our first period. Um, I thought we we stopped skating at times after the first period. Um, so then the second point of it would probably be um, Marky. I guess he made some great saves for us as the game went on. But we also did a good job with our penalty kill tonight. You know, there was situations there where they had three calls in a row where I thought we did a pretty good job killing those off. What does Markstrom mean to this team? Uh, everything. You know, he's elite. Like he is an elite goaltender. So he. He gives us a chance to win every time he's in the net, and, and you want that from your goaltenders, but he's also stolen games and situations for us this year that have allowed us to get points. So he's, you know, and I know he's passed someone else on the Swedish goaltender list, so he's, we think the world of him. We really do. You mentioned uh, the, the PKs. Uh, Oliver had a shift in there with yeah. McKenzie in the box, yeah. just on his clean, you know, the goal, but I took away that PK where he really kind of grinded one out there. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, he blocked a shot from Pasternak, I think it was him. So not the easiest guy to block shots on. So that's his game continues to grow. And the one thing we, in the past when we've used Oliver to kill penalties, we like him there because he has the ability to close very quickly on people. So maybe when they're not expecting it, he's on top of them. So he creates a lot of loose pucks. But it was nice to see him block that one tonight too. Ryan, on his goal, like prior to, he starts the play by breaking up yep. at the defensive zone. When you see him doing that, joining a rush, all that stuff, is that where you go, boy, he's just about on his game? Yeah, where you, you know it can go. Sure. Um, I think it was maybe this morning or yesterday when we talked about him. Um, when he's skating and, and joining the rush like that, you know he's he's where he should be. Um, he's an elite skater, and I think we have confidence that uh, if, if there were a mistake to be made, he'd probably be the first guy back, um, which is important. But he doesn't take unnecessary risks when he jumps, and that's something he's learned over time. <laughs> I mean, when we talked when he was younger in Stockton, he was he was basically a forward, um, but now he's learned how to play um, the right way, I would say, where he tries to join at the right times, not at times when it may put our team in a bad situation. 
Wellington described Kadri as sort of having swagger, and I think we can all see that, but he seems very comfortable and almost like he relishes the responsibility that comes with playing with those young guys and bringing them up. Sure he does. Yeah, sorry to cut you off there. Um, he does. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he's. I think he's used the word coaching at times, and I think he feels like he has a big responsibility now. And he's had, when you look at his year, um, he's been consistently one of our best players for sure. Like he would be right up there for us the way he's he's approached his um, this season for us. And it's really great to see him working to bring people along because that's what leadership's all about. Ryan, we've sort of generalized this team at times as playing down to opponents or up to opponents, but do you see it the same way from your group? I don't know. That's easy to say. You know, I mean, if you lose a game, then everybody thinks that you're playing down to someone. But if you're not at your best in this league, and I've, I've mentioned it before, you're not winning. I don't care who it is against. Um, there's stretches in tonight's game where we were not at our best and we had to rely on our goaltender, whether that was against the Boston Bruins or my son's um, hockey team, there's a pretty good chance you're not going to win. And that's the way it is. So, And we talk a lot about consistency. You have to find that from game to game. doesn't matter who your opponent is. It, it has everything to do with um, who you are and how you play. That being said, like, what, what should it mean in that dressing room that they've beat one of the NHL's top teams twice now in 17 days? I, I think it just kind of um, cement some of the belief they have in each other. Um, you know, they're, this is to me, this is the way I've seen this group all year. So they have some of this stuff, and we got to work on, on those ups and downs and smoothing that out. Um, but our leadership group is really good right now, and they push, and they will continue to push till we get to where we want to be. Do you think Nazem took something on himself after Lindholm being traded away with that need? You lost an impact veteran centerman. That, did he, do you think he's kind of stepped up his game uh, into that role? I don't know because this, from the start of the year, I feel like he was that way. Um, maybe now he's taking on a few more minutes than he was before, um, but I feel like he's been he's been consistent from the beginning of the year. Um, so I, I don't really know how to answer that one because of the way he's played for the full season. Ryan, just to circle back on Jacob because he kind of wears that one in the the first period. Yeah. When you see that, like, do, do you expect then geez, it's going to be hard to get one past him yeah. because he'll be picked off? Or what, what do you kind of think in that moment? It was like when we were in New York when he went for the empty net. Like, it ends up in the net. And you knew they weren't going to score again on him. You know, that's the way he is. He's, he's competitive like that. And, um, you know, that was a, a bit of an unfortunate bounce because I think he had the right idea. He was going to play it hard and it's out of the zone. But it, it kind of flipped on him a little bit. But for a goaltender the way he is, um, those don't sit well well with them, and you you know in those situations that he would be at his best from that point on. That is Ryan Huska, head coach, following tonight's 3-2 overtime Flames win over the Boston Bruins. Okay, we are underway on your Flames Talk postgame show. 403-240-4444 is your phone number. Text line 960-960. Give us a call. Lots of texts already in the hopper. We'll get to those very shortly, but we'd love to hear from you following this one tonight. Uh, and uh, we are just a few hours away from officially being uh, two weeks away from the 2024 NHL trade deadline. few lines open at 403-240-4444. We will uh, take a break, come back with your phone calls, your texts, and more looks inside the Flames locker room. Flames Talk post game on apple spotify google amazon or wherever you get your podcasts this is calgary flames hockey on sportsnet 960 the fan 
The Flames Talk post-game show continues from the Tot Stove Lounge on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Fun one here at the Dome on a Thursday night. The Flames have won their second straight. They do this one 3-2 in overtime over the Boston Bruins. As we continue along in your Flames Talk post-game show on this Thursday night, it's Steinberg along with you on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. Call now, 403-240-4444. Text now, 960-960. Hey, solid effort. And, and you know, unlike the last time the Flames and Bruins played, Boston pushed back, and the Flames needed some Vesna-quality goaltending from Jacob Markstrom in the back half of this game and definitely in overtime. But the Flames were dominant in the first. They still did a pretty nice job of especially five-on-five, keeping the Bruins from being too, too dangerous. And, uh, hey, that's a deserving win. And and it's a game of inches. The Bruins, had they found a way to get one of those past Markstrom in overtime, they would have been deserving of the win. It was, in the end, a, a game that deserved overtime and then a really close extra whatever three minutes and 56 seconds that was a lot of fun and uh the flames stuck with it and they got another outstanding performance from the cadre line another outstanding performance from markstrom and uh they they for the most part got contributions where they need them up and down the lineup so Nice outing for the Flames. Fun game to be a part of. And we'll see what happens in the Battle of Alberta come Saturday night in Edmonton. Uh, Let's get to tonight's save of the game. Brought to you by Shane Holmes. Jacob Markstrom uh, had to be sharp tonight. He was, and his save of the game comes in overtime. Bruins steal it, though. McAvoy, near side, Boker shoots. Markstrom gets across the crease and makes another unbelievable stop. This guy's out of his mind right now. That is one of the 31 saves made by Jacob Markstrom tonight, and that is his save of the game, brought to you by Shane Holmes. For every save a Flames goaltender makes, Shane Holmes makes a donation to Kids Sport Calgary. Visit ShaneHolmes.com. The better way to build is you get in line on the phone lines, 403-240-4444, and as you get your texts in, 960-960, let's hear from Jacob right now. Jacob Markstrom postgame following his 31 save performance tonight. How, how fun are those three-on-three overtimes? Like, are you are you into as as much as we are from afar? No. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd rather play five-on-five. So. Yeah. Yeah. How how different is it for you the back and forth and not wanting whistles and things like that? Yeah, I mean, if there's a two-on-one, uh, you know, our way, you know, you know, if you don't capitalize and uh, you know, it's gonna go two-on-one the other way, and mm-hmm. you know, it's gonna be back and forth like that. And, uh, you know the the crowd was really into it, and you know it was it was loud tonight, and uh, big win for us. How did you feel about your group's performance tonight? Really good. I thought, uh, you know, obviously we we scored one nothing, and then you know I I kind of gave him the one one goal, and, and we answered right after with the two one goal, and, and then play played a really solid game, and uh, you know I, I think the serve lead got a, got the two points, so it was good. What's, how do you describe the feeling when your team scores in overtime? Uh, no, it's good. You know, I like I like winning hockey games, and uh, you know that's what it's about. And uh, you know, like I said, uh, the fans were loud, and uh, you know, it's a it's a great way to to win a hockey game for sure. Are you are you aware when fans are chanting your name like they were a little bit tonight? Uh, I, I try to focus on you know that I got the helmet on, so you can't really hear much uh, going on. So, but you know, it's the, the, they're always loud here, and it's awesome to play in front of them. Jacob, what can we take away from this team beating the Bruins? One of the best 
teams in the league twice now in 17 days? Uh, you know, when everybody is at the top of their game, we're really good. Jacob, you move ahead of Tommy Salo for second most wins in the last week's goalie. I know you're competitive about winning games at the time, but does that mean something special? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I grew up watching him play, and, uh, you know, I got a few more to, to Lundqvist, so, uh, you know, that's that's the next guy you're chasing. What, um, what's, what's Nazem meant to this group? He scores right now in Enoch. It seems like he's had a pretty good game. He's good, yeah. He, he's been awesome, you know, all season. And, uh, you know, obviously, he, uh, you know, he, his whole line, uh, you know, the way he carries himself and, and get his, uh, you know, with Pospi and uh, Conoceri coming up and, uh, you know, the way he has been, uh, you know, taking, taking them under his wing and, you know, created a, a really good line for us. So it's, uh, it's huge for us. That is Jacob Markstrom postgame following his 211th career NHL win. You heard Randy Sportak of the Hockey News ask him about moving past Tommy Salo into second all-time on the Swedish wins list. So uh, Jacob Markstrom with 211 career wins is now the all-time uh, number two all-time Swedish NHL goaltender for uh, all-time wins. Of course, Henrik Lundqvist won, as you heard Jacob mention. Now Jacob Markstrom two, Tommy Salo three. It goes Lundquist 459, Markstrom 211, Salo 210. Congratulations to Jacob for moving into that spot and uh, moving into number two all-time in that regard. Okay, let's get to the text line at 960-960 on this Thursday night, starting with, uh, what a game. Shillington, holy, I hope he gets re-signed, and they send him to the All-Star game next year. I would love to see him compete for fastest skater. That kid is afterburners. Kind of reminds me of Pavel Bure with his bursts. I wonder if maybe he should be put at center. Uh, Sharon Govich goes back to where he's most effective, um, and they trade for another D. Uh, no, I don't think they're going to put Shillington at center. I don't. I, <laughs> that gets thrown around all the time. Oliver Shillington's a defenseman. I don't. Why would you want to move him to forward? I don't. There's like Bufflin and Burns. Those are the two players in the last like 30 years who have done that. I don't. I don't understand that one myself. Leandro says, "What an overtime that had everything, and the good guys come out on top." Marky was so clutch, and so was the post and Kadri with the snipe. Regardless, if you're on tank or retool, that was a fun one. Is that the best overtime you've seen this year, Pat? Definitely the best one the Flames have been involved in. That's for sure. Uh, Josh writes, awesome game at the Dome. Sudden death was so breathtaking, especially when Markstrom made those saves. Kadri was amazing again. Great action. I loved when Markstrom robbed Pasternak on that power play. This reads, uh, that was the best OT I've seen in a long time. Markstrom with some unbelievable saves and a few misplays that made it interesting to say the least. Couldn't ask for a better ending than Kadri with the OT snipe. Great overall effort from the boys against the tough team. Also very stoked for Shillington on getting another goal. Looking forward to the BOA on Saturday. Have a great night, Pat. Uh, this reads sick win. They go into Saturday with some tighter defense. They're going to be able to snag a win in the Battle of Alberta. The only thing I can't wrap my head around was why they decided to bench Kuzmenko. I thought he had a solid game with some solid opportunities. He was all over it tonight as well. One final thought, Hannafin and Tanev for Marner. Your thoughts? Yeah, I don't think that you're getting Marner for Hannafin and Tanev, a couple of pending UFAs. As, as if, if you could, great. I don't think that's going to happen. As for Kuzmenko, I, I just think 
This is my guess. I don't know if it was anything specifically that Kuzmenko did, but I think it's just an overall trust thing. So Boston turned on the Jets in the back half of the second and were flying in the third. They scored the game-tying goal. They controlled a good chunk of that third period and and were the team that, you know, was the period that they had the most control of the hockey game. And I just think as a coaching staff, Kuzmenko's, some of Kuzmenko's um, shortcomings on the other side of the puck, um, I, I wonder if it's just a little bit of lack of trust in a game that gets that close and in a game that gets that kind of to the wire. That is my guess um, as it stands right now and in terms of why he only played about two minutes in the third period. This says, how can the Flames trade Markstrom? He's a miracle worker. That comes from Pete in Montreal. Um, and I, uh, oh, look at that. Uh, and, and the reason, uh, the reason I, uh, I, I, the reason why that's out there is because the Flames are looking at going in a slightly different direction here. And if teams are going to come to them with significant offers, they're going to listen. That that would be the reason why. Uh, this reads, that was a hell of an exciting game to watch. Couple things. Stay in your damn net, Jacob. Also, yes, the dude scored the overtime winner, but he's so damn selfish, I just can't see how people aren't seeing it. He refuses to pass in the offensive zone and just tried to dangle all the D-men instead. I really, really hope someone trades for Nazem. Doubt Conroy trades him, but it's my tra- dream to not have to watch him anymore. And Mange, but that's a different story. Love you, Pat. I don't, uh, you know, I... This isn't, um, and that's Dylan and Revelstoke, this isn't Timbit's hockey. I don't, puck hog and selfish, like, that's that's like rec hockey stuff. This is the NHL. Nazem Kadri holds the puck, and that's what makes him a Stanley Cup winner. That's what makes him a, a really damn good NHL center. His quote-unquote selfishness, he likes to hold the puck. That's one of his strengths. He called his own number in overtime and won the damn game. He was the best player on the ice in this game tonight. I'm sorry, I, I don't... I think Nazem Kadri has elevated his line mates all night long, uh, all season long, rather. Um, so I, I just, yeah, I don't get the selfish thing. You're allowed to hold the puck in the NHL. Guys don't get upset if you hold the puck. They don't. They, they, I, I, I'm not as on board with that one, Dylan. And usually I'm pretty on board. Not with that one. Um, this reads, exciting game to watch, but in the end, it'll be too little too late, and they'll miss the playoffs. Conroy needs to pull the trigger and make a move on Tanev to start with. Hannafin will take a bit more to get all they can. Uh, if they move Markstrom, do it close to March 8th. Hopefully he goes to New Jersey, and they get a first in the deal and pick Tija Ginla with it, but move Tanev sooner rather than later. Um... This says, man, the Flames can only beat good teams, so I'm expecting a loss on Saturday. I see what you did there. Calling the uh, Oilers not a good team. I see what you did there. Um, this from Ash says, Kadri's shoot-first mentality definitely helped the Flames win. I'm curious to know if you think the Flames should trade their first-round pick from the Lindholm trade a late first in exchange for Shane Pinto, who plays center. I do. I, I think Shane Pinto is a good hockey player. I do. I, I think that that is um, an interesting, like, do, should they do that? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what this trade looks like. I don't know how interested Ottawa is in doing that. 
But if that was a player that was on the block or that was a player that um, the, the, the Flames were interested in, then, yeah, I don't mind that at all. 23-year-old center who that, that, that would make a lot of sense. I just don't know if that is, is something that, that necessarily would come to pass. Um, this says trading Markstrom now doesn't make sense. He has two years left. I want the Flames to make the playoffs. Can they not come up with a couple million a year each for Tanev and Hannafin? If they trade both of them, they won't make the playoffs, and that upsets me because that'll leave them with two top NHL caliber D-men instead of four. Conroy's tweaked the lineup with a great infusion of youth, talent, and enthusiasm and a couple of newcomers via trade that have fit well. I don't think you can bring in new guys in any position with 20 or so games left in the season and expect the chemistry to continue which I think has gotten stronger over the last five or six weeks. They've played many strong games lately and getting tighter as a team. Trading three of their top six to seven players doesn't make sense to me when you may get one player to fit in right away. If they trade for future draft picks, it says to me they're rebuilding and won't make the playoffs. As a fan, I always want to see them make the playoffs. They won't if they move Markstrom, Tanev, and Hannafin. That would be disappointing. Well, they're not... The Markstrom thing's different, but they're not moving Tanev and Hannafin because they don't want him here. They're not doing it because they don't have the money to sign them. They're doing it because they're, it, 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 Tanev is very interested in winning a Stanley Cup and I think understands that whether they make the playoffs or don't make the playoffs, there are teams with better chances of winning the Stanley Cup elsewhere and probably isn't going to sign back with the Flames if he were to be st- if he were to stay unsigned past the deadline. Hannafin has interest signing south of the border and isn't going to sign long term it feels like with the Flames. I mean I think we know that Hannafin is not going to sign long term and it's kind of been a roller coaster but okay so you're not going to get Hannafin to sign long term. It's not a money thing. It's where he wants to play and it's it's pretty much the same with Tanev I think at this point. So it's not a Conroy choice that he's not re-signing him. It's making the best of the situation is what he's doing right now. Markstrom, different story. This from Amy who says... I'll forever be so impressed with the way Zary and Pospisil have stepped into their roles on the Flames this season and have had so much success already. They're both such effective players in very different ways. Agreed on that front. And finally from Stafford, who says, uh, with back-to-back wins, it was refreshing not to hear the incessant chatter about the looming deadline. Can we agree now that it's not an issue. They're professional athletes. If the trade deadline was an issue for the first two games, it didn't disappear in these last two. It's not an issue. The mystery that this club presents is how and why they play to the level of their opposition game after game. If Huska can ever figure that out, they might have a contender. Finally, Pat, huge kudos to Oliver scoring the opening goal. Um, the smile on his face says it all. You know, the only thing I'd say, Stafford, is I think coming back home, I, I, I think after a road trip like that, um, I, I think absolutely it still could have been a thing. I don't think it's as non-issue a thing as you're making it. The other point is um, that they do need to be more consistent. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, when you're not an elite team, you're typically not a super consistent team either. Uh, great stuff so far on the text line at 960-960. Let's get to the phone lines for the first time tonight. Hey, got a couple of lines open at 403-240-4444 if you want to chat. Post game following a 3-2 overtime win over the Boston Bruins. Flames talk post game on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon or wherever you get your podcasts and we're starting off by saying hello to George on our post game show tonight. What's up, George? Not much, Patty. How are you doing tonight? I'm well. 
Good to hear. What a game and what an overtime. That was that was one of the more enjoyable games of the year for me. That was just from start to finish, but especially that overtime. That's that is the best Flames overtime I've seen this year for sure. That was unbelievable. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. George still there? Hello. George. Oh, hey, Patty. Sorry. I Can you hear me, bud? Yeah, I got you. Hmm, that was strange. Okay, you got me. Okay. Yeah. Um so if if the Flames do trade Markstrom this year, <laughs> they better get an absolute haul because he's playing out of his mind right now and if I honestly feel like at this point if they trade him, it doesn't feel like they'll win another game this season. He's been he's been that good and that important to this team. Yes, absolutely. But you uh you also want them to tank, don't you? I mean, I want them to get the best draft pick possible because it's very unlikely they'll make the playoffs. But, uh, yeah, I-, I told you we've had this discussion before. It's a conundrum with me. I-, I can't actively cheer for them to lose, but I know it's it's what's best for them. But, you know, just like it- I think it's facts. I mean, if it's nothing against Ladar or Wolf, you're going to notice a big, big difference if Markstrom leaves. And I mean, it- for sure. It- Jacob and- Markstrom, J- Jacob's been – Jacob's been a, a Vesna Trophy-like goaltender this year. He just has been. So, yes, he without question, it's going to look very different if, if they move him. And yeah. honestly, George, I don't know if they're going to. I mean, the the the, the last few times that, that I've checked, it, it's pretty quiet. Like, it's not, um, it's not super um, – it's 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 it hasn't been something that has been super close here over the last week and a bit. Um, I, it just it feels um, and I, who knows maybe New Jersey comes and knocks their socks off. I mean they just got their doors blown off by the Rangers today. You know their their goaltending's been a problem all year. Maybe they do get to a point where they just get so desperate that they they offer something that Conroy can't refuse. But it it hasn't felt like it's been imminent or close for the last week and if not more. And you know what? Unless they do, good on Conroy for not budging. He, Conroy, if, of, of every player we have that's been talked about in these trade talks, we have the most leverage with Markstrom because we don't have to trade him. I mean, we got him for another two years. It's not like he's mm-hmm. a UFA like the other two. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's not necessary we trade him. You know what I mean? So, you know, if, if New Jersey wants to step up and throw in like a Dawson Mercer or something, hey, let's have a conversation. Until then... You know, you guys don't want to, like, blow us away. We don't need to move this guy. So, you know, step back. But <laughs> with each pass they gave, it feels like New Jersey may get desperate. But if they don't, Patty, I'm fine with it. Because, honestly, I still think the off season you have a much better opportunity to uh, get a really good deal. Because you're going to be dealing with uh, 31 other teams, and you're still dealing from a position of strength, I believe. Yeah, I mean, if 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 that is where if if that whether it's Jacob who indicates to them that maybe you know sticking around on a on a rebuild may not be something he wants to do or whatever the case may be, then yeah, I, I still think that they'll have teams that are interested in the off season. A hundred percent, yeah. Um, Oliver Shillington is looking better and better and more comfortable every game. And uh, honestly, Patty, I'm not saying he's going to take it over, of course, but he looks poised to at least jump into Hannafin's spot and kind of give us a glimpse of what he can do there because he's skating's now obviously never been an issue with this player but now he's starting to he's you know his defensive game has gotten better i just he's improved uh, every game and it's 
it's it's been actually pretty cool to watch how how he's been, especially these last few games. Um, the uh, yeah, and I mean the um, the 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 fact of the matter is, if when Tanev Hannafin no longer here. Shillington's going to be a top four defenseman like Shillington, Pahal, depending on what they get back. But Shillington and Pahal are your yeah, that's your number two pairing all of a sudden if Hannafin and Tanev when Hannafin and Tanev get moved, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And then on to Hannafin. Um, I know it's been reported out there that it's been he has he's quote unquote prefers to go to Tampa. Now, my question to you is. I've heard a lot of people talk about how, oh, well, this really, you know, handcuffs the Flames. And my question to you is, does it necessarily, though? I mean, he's got, what, a, a team no move? Like, yeah, Conrad I mean, it's and, not It's not like he, he doesn't get to choose his spot. He's got limited trade protection. Exactly. But um, the it, it's still a scenario where the Flames could trade him to 24 teams without him being able to block it. Um, I the Look, I, let's 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 get to the bottom or, or, or let's cut through some of the noise here. That report about him wanting to go to Tampa almost certainly comes from the agency um, in, in planting a few seeds and trying to put a little pressure on the flames. Um, but, you know, Tampa doesn't have the type of assets other teams do. Um, and he may, there may be very well be a desire for him to sign in Tampa as an unrestricted free agent. But, that doesn't mean the Flames are going to get the best offer from Tampa to move them there between now and the deadline. And I don't think they will because Tampa, Tampa simply doesn't have the assets. So, first of all, if the agency did do that, that was a you-know-what move to do because it's like... I don't know. I don't know if it is. I think it actually... It's it's Pat Brisson knows what he's doing. That's the best. That's the most powerful agent in hockey. I actually... it's Brisson knows exactly what he's doing. No, I understand that, but I don't like it from like if I'm Connor right now, I'm pretty pissed off at that, to be honest. Because nah, you know, and and I'll know. give I'll, Craig, Craig Conroy's he knows the game. He played it. He's had agents. You know, Lewis Gross was his agent as a player, um, and now he's a GM. He gets it. He knows the game. Yeah. Well, like I said, luckily he doesn't have a full no move, no trade because you know he wants to sign in the, with Tampa in the off season. That's his prerogative. He can go ahead and do so. Connor needs to get the best deal possible for him. And, I, I mean, if if a team can't work out an extension with him, I still think you can get a nice, even as a rental, even if a team knows they're going to have him for a playoff run, I still think you should easily get a first-round pick for him. Oh, I, I don't think that they will move him. Well, they will move him, but I think that any move that gets made, um, I, I think will be with a first-round pick as part of it. Yeah, well... We'll see. On to Saturday we go, a late one. Uh, it's going to be an interesting game. I I really dislike playing the Oilers, Patty, and they're just, I don't know, I, I feel like they're the Flames Achilles heel here lately, but uh, we'll see how that one goes, and uh, hopefully we can find a way to pull off a win just because I can't stand losing that team. So until then, my friend, we'll have a conversation then. I hope you have a good night. Thank you, George. You be well, buddy. Take care, my friend.
Phone lines open, 403-240-4444. A little thin on this Thursday night, so if you want to jump in, now's the time to do so. Flames win by a 3-2 score in overtime as we continue along on your Flames Talk postgame show. It's uh, Steinberg along with you. Let's uh, say hello to Ryan. What's going on, Ryan? George, George, George. There's an entire cottage industry of, like, making up storylines and actually it was a certain Pat Steinberg that suggested due to the unfortunate injury of Mikhail Sergachev that Tampa would be a wonderful Valentine and suitor to house Noah Hannafin in his replacement and that is where the storyline came from because the reach of the podcast I don't think so I don't think so Uh, well you said it first before that came out all we said is who where who would be the best fit for the player and, and i think i think i think the, on, no ryan I, the i do think tampa is the best fit for the player not, but i still don't I think, think you're right i think you're but right. i don't I, someone, I just don't know if they're going to have the assets to be able to pull it off between now no, and no no Jake, they absolutely don't i'm saying it was the origin because you had such a brilliant idea and oh i see what you're saying whatever. no i think the yeah, origin is still the i know i'm criticizing I, george because it's not even true Noah didn't say that. Noah wouldn't say that. Say, I want to go to Tampa. I'm only going to Tampa. No, but his agent would. would His agent would. The the agent would leak that. That's what they do. Yeah, but I don't think it's fair to, like, give Noah, like, prerogatives of the offseason and be critical of him when he's played so well is all I'm saying. Who's who's being critical of him? George was. No, he wasn't. Well, George, George, A, George A doesn't love Hannafin, the player, and for whatever reason. It's his prerogative. And B, he wasn't being critical of him at all. He was being critical of the agent for leaking that. That's not a Hannafin thing. And I oh, you think Conroy should be mad at the agent, not, yes. not Noah himself. Okay. Sorry, George. Uh, yeah. I was going to say um, one idea I was having, uh, it's kind of probably a, a little bit of not realistic, but I was wondering, uh, didn't we do a sign trade that was really unsubstantiated uh, or abnormal with Kachuk? Well, they were the, way, fir- like, the, the, they know, the first they, team to do a sign trade was, were the Flames they know on the Kachuk trade. Really, really got a good relationship with Craig, and uh, he really enjoys the, the playoff path that I predicted two months ago that we are inevitably on, and he wants to stick around. <laughs> but uh, it, we promised that we will move him come the offseason when it will be better to move Markstrom, but also better to move Hanson. So he's going to stick around, but we'll sign him to a seven-year deal. He's welcome to, you know, we'll, we'll work together to get him on out if he still wants to do that after the season. But I we'll don't have think, the I, I don't, I don't think so. No, not realistic. All right. mm, no. I think that makes a lot of sense, honestly. I don't. I do no. I think you, I, you, you are really, and I respect it so much, Ryan. You are twisting yourself in all kinds of knots trying to keep the guy here. I just, I think you need to prepare yourself for him wearing another team's jersey in the next two weeks. Uh, I'm pretty, pretty, pretty prepared. Um, okay, uh, I thought I respect, I respect your ability to pretzel yourself, though I really no, do. But practically, I think it makes sense too, because then we could keep him for what I think is a very. It's never like, happened. Be- that's never run. happened before. You could shop for a better house because you wouldn't okay. have to buy like. Uh, a let's let's move on to the next topic. <laughs> okay, next topic. All right, all right, all right. Um, there was a tied to Landria, and um, 
a first round pick for Noah to to Dallas. What what would you think of that? I was just watching uh, the American NHL Network and mm-hmm. they had that on there today. Um, I mean, I don't mind that. Um, I I might try to see if I couldn't try to get a little bit more out of that. But you know, Delandria has got some um, he's got some decent upset upside offensively. Um, you know, it hasn't really. I mean, it, it's translated ish at the NHL level, but hasn't like translated to a high amount of offense at the NHL level. I don't mind oh, that. I, I don't actually, know what's that. Uh, that's incorrect. They were they were doing so much flame streets for, like they have been in Angel Media. That was a Tanev deal. That was Tanev. Oh, that was for Tanev. It was a, it was a well, second. You, it was a second and an Andalandria. I'd be if if, 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 if so. You're saying would would you do second? Because I w- I would probably want more yeah. than a first in Andalandria for Hannafin personally. But right. for Tanev, second Andalandria, yeah, I'd, I'd do that yeah. all day. Oh, right on. I, 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 I've heard the name Delandria, but I haven't seen him play enough. I just wondering what you would think. But they had Elliot Friedman on as a guest, and he thought that was good for both sides. Yeah, I, I, um, that'd, yeah. Be, Anyhow, um, that'd be a great deal for gonna, the Flames, I think. Yeah, and Dallas really needs the D. I saw the shots tonight, too. I had like a four out of five, as always, parlay the other day. But I had the Devils to come back against Washington, and it was 2-1, and they just gave up 80 goals. But they outshot him by a million. I saw the shots tonight were forty to eighteen for the Devils. They they need help. They do desperately. <laughs> That's bad. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah. Again, I have nothing I'm so cynical other than I would just add that I don't think that it's necessarily better for the Flames to even get a higher draft pick. If they lose, it's better for the future. I think this team really, if they stay competitive and at least put up a good fight like they have all year, except for a couple two game spurts, like. That builds a reason to be optimistic about the coming season, other than one that's purely based on speculation about mm-hmm. a number or a name, and if he's going to be the savior, which never works. I think it's better to just see that very impossible and all these young players that are, didn't make the playoffs, maybe, but have shown signs of reasons to be hopeful. Is a better way to get an eight, 18th pick than a third pick with uh, nothing else around it. So yeah. Well, I, I just I don't. I don't even think, like, I honestly don't think at any point getting that high a pick has, has been honestly in the cards, and, and not because the Flames don't want high picks, they're against high picks. Nothing to do with that at all, more to do with the fact that I just at no point have they been a team that uh, is is going to be that bad that they're gonna they're gonna be able to get those type of picks. I just I at no point have I felt like that anyway. Um, Unless and, they're playing a team that is that bad, then well, but but bad. my point is is that they're just it's it's not. Yeah, I I got you. Yeah. You know, like they're not they're not that bad a team, and so because of that, this whole idea of them getting a. Um, a, a third overall pick or a second overall pick. I just don't think there's, especially if Markstrom sticks around, that this doesn't seem like something that's really realistic at all. Yeah, I, I was just as far as the tank versus whatever. But type, no, I, I do, I, I, I feel you, like and I and I agree. I think yeah. there's there's absolutely right something to staying competitive if you can, and that's I, I guarantee you that's what the Flames are looking to do. They're looking to um, make a couple moves and make the moves they need to make, 
and that that doesn't mean that once they make them, they're going to throw in the towel. But, and beat the Blackhawks, Capitals, Blues, Sharks, Sharks again at the end of the season. We'll see. They can just manage to beat those regular teams, and they're less than regular. Things should be good. You know, have a good night, Pat. That was a great game. Great entertaining. Take care. Thanks, Ryan. Have a good night, buddy. Bye-bye. See you, man. Let's say hello to Dan at 403-240-4444, following a Flames 3-2 overtime win over Boston. What's up, Dan? You Dan, talking? you there? Are you talking to me? That, is, is this Dan? No, this is Darren. Oh, Darren. Uh, it says yeah. Dan It says Dan on my screen. I'll make that change. Hello, Darren. How are you? Um, I'm doing not too bad. How are you? I'm doing well. Sorry about that. Oh, that's okay. Um, I have something I heard the other day that might be pretty entertaining for the listeners. Is How about Evander Kane for one of those two defensemen? Yeah, I mean, they're not. The Oilers aren't trading that guy. They 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 look at him as a pretty important piece of their um, of their push. Will they be able to retain him though with all their salary? Uh, well, he's already signed. For how long? One year? Uh, no, he signed a longer term deal in the summertime. Um, oh. Yeah, either it was either the summer of twenty two or the summer of twenty three. Kane is uh, got two more years left at just over five point one million. Yeah. He so no, I, I don't. I don't think that's what we're going to see. What about Everly? Um, it, it it sounds like I mean I that and this is not a knock on Jordan. I think he's a good player and and uh, I I like the idea that you know he's a Calgary guy. He he makes his home here um in the off season and such but problem with that is that you know jordan's what th- oh, I, I believe he's in his 30s now um they're, they're looking to get younger here i i don't know if that, like personally i don't think that is the type of guy they should be looking at if they're moving any one of these guys the goal here in my in 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 their eyes darren is is to get younger yeah so i guess Braden point for or goaltender wouldn't be a good move either. Uh, Tampa would not be giving that guy up if they had. Uh, it, it, it wouldn't matter what you're offering them on this team. I'd, I'd take I'd take Braden Point in the New York second. Uh, as up. as would I. I just I'm I'm not ever anticipate I'm not anticipating it anytime soon. How's that? Well, I, I really don't even want him to trade Markstrom. I'd rather just have him hold on to Markstrom and and. Uh, just hold on to Markstrom for his term. You're not you're not gonna you're not gonna find a better goaltender, and I mean that's that's where everything starts. The only thing the only thing that they can the the only thing that changes that Darren is if he is not interested yeah. in in remaining part of a a, a different direction. That is all. Um, yeah. and, do you and, think he's that way, or do you think he would remain here and try and do the best he could? I, I really. Well, I mean, look, I, I think if the Flames were like, we won't trade you. Well, he's a pro. I, I th- and I think I don't think there's any worry about him being unprofessional or anything like that. But I also think the Flames would be in a situation where they'd go to him and ask him, "Hey, are you okay with 
a slightly different direction and maybe it means a slight step back competitive wise and and from what I know about Jacob Markstrom that guy is driven by one thing and one thing only and that is winning and he's also 34 years old with only two years left on this contract and and he wants to win a Stanley Cup and so I just I I, I think there is a decent chance that if he doesn't get moved between now and the deadline and then they go to him and have a talk about the future of the organization, I, I and there's a decent chance that he would be like, yeah, I, I may, maybe a different spot is the, the best way to go, which would not be a I don't want to be here thing. It would more be a, hey, there might be a better fit elsewhere. And I, like, I think this has already been discussed. Like Connor is the type of guy that would have, sat down with every player when he became general manager and, and, and got the feeling for every player, right? Yeah, and I mean, look, he, he, he's been with the team for, you know, for the last 13 years prior, so it's not like this is um, – it's not like he wouldn't have a good, a good read on them to begin with. But, yeah, I think absolutely that is something that he did and, and discussed some of these things. And, and now that the team is where they are and, and – We've got a pretty good idea that certain guys are, are not going to be signing here long term. It, it makes you know the it makes some of the conversations even more relevant now. Well, this this is getting really really interesting because like we're now three points out of a playoff wild card. Mm-hmm. We're two weeks away from the trade deadline. So hypothetically, if we get into a wild card spot, is probably going to be the day that. Someone's going to be traded. <laughs> well, the deadline's the deadline's March eighth, and the season ends a month later, so we won't know they're in a playoff spot. And if they if they were to make the playoffs, we won't know until late late in the season. No, no, I realize that, but I mean, typically uh, there's two four point games in a row here. We've got Edmonton on Saturday, and then we've got LA following that. And if we win those, those are four point games. I don't really see Edmonton as a four-point game myself. I don't think they're tracking the Oilers down. Um, and I honestly don't see them tracking down the Kings, honestly. I think that the – and this is just me, but I think the it's it's the wild card is what they're after. Yeah, but, I mean, it could possibly go that way. Like, if they put a string together here and, hey, they've been playing good against really good teams. And, and look, I'm, I'm not saying it's completely out of the question. I just personally, I'm not anticipating uh, a Pacific Division playoff spot for the Flames myself. Yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't at the beginning of the year. You know that, Pat. <laughs> you know, I, I had them finishing behind San Jose, but... Uh... Well, this is the same Darren that had them behind San Jose. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh well, at yeah. least I was at least I was right on that one. At least my I was kind of right too because San Jose beat them the other night. That's <laughs> that's a little bit of a cherry picked. That's a little bit of a cherry picked victory, but I'll give it to you. All right, thanks. <laughs> uh, all right, anyway. Darren, give yourself a great night. Hey. Yeah, you as well. Have a great one. Thanks, man. Uh, Take a couple more calls before we go back inside the Flames locker room, but let's uh, keep it rolling at 403-240-4444. Flames win 3-2 in overtime over the Boston Bruins. Say hello to Parsons. What's up, Pars? Hey, how you doing? Good, man. Good. It was good to see them win tonight. Uh, Overtime was exciting. Uh, I thought I agree with you. Kadri had a wicked game. I think he's had a wicked season so far. I love that kid line with him, for sure. Um, 
still a little bit concerned with uh, Sharon Govich production since kind of the swap around, but uh, mm-hmm. hopefully uh, something happens on that front. But uh, well, and you know what, Parson might not. I mean, he's playing center. That's a somebody hasn't played. I mean, it might take him a while to mm-hmm. get comfortable with playing center. You know, for sure. I mean, as long as we're winning, um, I guess that's what technically matters it's just it's a it's kind of unfortunate because he was you know he was on quite a goal scoring streak there so um he's a sniper for sure so um but uh yeah other than that it was a great game like i i love pospisil man i i can't uh, say enough about pospisil um i feel like every game i watch with him in it he's just he's one of those guys that just shows up all the time and uh, he's got an engine, and he's he's pesky, and um, he's a smart player. He's a very smart player, and that's what I appreciate about him. Same with Zari, too. So um, I love that line. Um, I feel like uh, some of our other guys have dropped off, obviously, like the Coleman-Backlund-Manjapani line. It's kind of weird about that line because it's like... I don't know. I haven't really felt like they've dropped off. Well, no, no. Like in, in terms of effectiveness, like they they seem sort of on par. What I mean by that is, in terms of production, it's like it's almost like uh, Coleman and Bax will be on, and Manji will be off. Or now it feels like Manji's kind of all around it, and Bax is kind of you know quiet again and stuff like that. But uh, yeah. Um, Basically, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the trade deadline, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, it's interesting that, you know, I think a lot of us fans are kind of tired of, with being in the mushy middle and, you know, how ownership is and they don't want to talk about rebuilds or not like that. And I, I feel like, you know, we're kind of in a very unique position and I can kind of hear it from the text line and stuff like that where, you know, people are really wanting to hold on to certain players, maybe Markstrom, because let's face it, he's having a fantastic year. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. I personally think he should be in the Vesna conversation, um, considering the start of his season and the stats to where he is now is incredible. Um, but I think, in my point of view, this is a unique opportunity for us that we've had these many important UFAs at the same time. And I think this is our opportunity to potentially cash in because if you look at the Wrangler system right now, there's really not a lot of high-end talent there. Um, Coronado comes to mind. You know, there's there's a lot Poirier. of... Poirier as well. Um, well, yeah, absolutely, Poirier. Um, there's a couple of guys um, that we've drafted recently that are very interesting to me. Um, what's the other um, the guy we drafted in the second round last year um, out of the Quebec League there? Uh, uh, Etienne, Etienne Moran. Yeah, Etienne Moran. Um, he's interesting to me. But currently, I, I feel like we need to really rebuild our shelves because, 
you know, it's, it seems like once we get anyone into the AHL level and they're there one or two years and, you know, they, they typically jump up because, because of the system that we have. Um, I really would like to see us keep stocking the cupboards because we're a small market Canadian team. And I think that's the best way to build this team long term is through your prospect pool. And um, I think we have a unique opportunity here. I mean, hey, I'd hate to get rid of Markstrom. Trust me. I love him as a goalie. I think he's a great player. But if someone comes knocking at the door with a, you know, a decent offer, you have to look at it. Um, You can't get emotionally attached to certain players, even though I love them all um, for the most part. But you know, you have to look towards the future. You have to look towards the future of this, you know, the stadium, the new arena, sorry. And, um, you know, try to keep stock in the cupboards. You know, that's how we're going to be successful as a team moving forward. It's not for overpaying for UFAs and stuff like that. Like we keep doing that and we keep ending up in the mushy middle. Yeah, but I and I, and I, I guess what I, I would just jump in and say, what about the way Craig's gone about his business so far? Oh. Would suggest that that's what he's going to do here. Yeah, and I love it. I, Pat, I love what he has done as a GM so far. I am a huge fan. Huge fan. His patience so far is—he's uh, a very smart man, and it's like you said to one of your earlier callers that. He's been in the game. He's had agents. He's played the game. He understands the whole game, you know, inside and out. And I, I think that's to his advantage. You know, there's some GMs who haven't played the game or don't understand dealing with their own agents and stuff like that. So um, I think we're very lucky to have him for sure. And um, other than that, I mean, I, I'm just on board. If, if we get good deals for anyone i think we have to take that opportunity uh we need to start taking advantage of our situation which does not happen very often let's put it that way right mm-hmm. oh uh one quick question have we settled on that uh monahan first rounder yet or no i can't remember now i don't i it's too complicated and i feel I very i feel very um unqualified to answer that yeah because I, I feel like we haven't but um, I could be wrong on that one. So uh, nice to see Shilly have a, a good game. Uh, he's getting better and better and better every game. Love to see it. Uh, it's like riding a bike for him. So I'm so happy to have him back, man. Um, that's going to ease the blow if we have to, obviously, um, trade Tanner and Hannafin. Having him back is a, is a nice buffer zone for sure. So good on the boys tonight. Uh, they've taking the season series against Boston onto the Oilers on Saturday. Um, I wish them all the best, and I hope you have a good night, man. Thanks, Pars. Appreciate it, pal. Uh, take one more call before we head back inside the Flames locker room. 403-240-4444 is your phone number. Let's say hello to Anand. Hello, Anand. Good evening, Patty. How are you? I'm okay, man. How are you? Yeah, doing good. Thank you. Yeah, amazing game tonight. Uh, Marsham looking fantastic. Uh, Oliver Shillington, he's been doing amazing, especially since he's written uh, second goal and the second game. So amazing on that. Uh, Nazim Kadri also, I, I like that uh, line, especially we have been talking about it all season. 
uh, almost all season. But uh, yeah, Nazim Khadri, Connor Zari, and Pospisil, that line is doing amazing. Uh, the, I know we touched about it a little bit earlier about Chris Manko's benching. Do you think it's a different strategy uh, Ryan Huska is thinking, or is there a purpose to Chris Manko's benching? As I said, I, I just I, I don't know if it was for any one specific reason, Anand. I just wonder yeah. if the, you're in a third period against an elite team fighting for your playoff lives. It's tied 2-2. If you don't trust him defensively, you might just and and you got to really be picking your spots as to when to get him out there. I, I think that I, I think it was less of a sitting him down benching as much as it was. I'll play him when we're comfortable playing him, and in a game like that, in a period like that, I think it might might be more one of those things. All right, gotcha. Yeah, all good. Uh, the next question I had uh, from the practice you saw today: Do you think Pelche is closer closer to return on Saturday? I and think it's a. Ch- I think there's a chance. It was tough to tell this morning just because it was an optional practice. wasn't like a a lot going on. Might have a better indication on Friday morning. Friday morning. Yeah, do you, so do you think anything will change from what we have right now if Pelche can return? I don't know. Do happening? I mean, my guess is that they just put him back on the line with uh, Dewar and and Rooney, or maybe they keep Hunt in and go Pelche, Hunt, and Rooney is the fourth line. Uh, but I, I don't think anything else would change drastically from the get-go. All right, gotcha. All right. And one trade-related question I saw an interest in maybe Boston Bruins uh, wanting Hannafin. What do you think? Uh, do you think that's reasonable and what the return could look like? Um, the so so I think it is feasible. I think Boston would be interested because. They're hurting on the back end. Obviously, he's a Boston guy, which just helps it a little bit more. They've got a first-round pick next year. They also have some nice prospects. If you could find a way to get that Matthew Poitra out of uh, out of Boston, he is not going to play the rest of this season with a shoulder injury, um, but that, that would be a really interesting prospect to target as well. So, yeah, I, I think that there absolutely could be a fit with Boston and Calgary there. All right, wonderful. All right, a couple of just off-topic points real quick. Uh, I loved Megan Mickelson's uh, panel tonight. I love how she jumped on board on both the radio and the uh, TV panel. So congratulations to her. That's awesome. And my second point is I'm also going to do something amazing tomorrow. So I'm going to do the solo commentary, so both play-by-play and color for, say, Trojans hockey. So I'm excited for that. And one final question for you. I know you already watch like uh, baseball, football, and all. Would you ever see uh, see yourself become a cricket fan down the road? And and I gotta tell you, I love cricket. I um I uh, I got hooked on cricket. Oh, I want to say ten years ago. It was the World Cup. 
um, in, I believe it was either New Zealand or Australia, and uh, I got hooked on it. Um, so I, I, I love watching cricket. Um, I like, I love the IPL. Uh, the that's uh, like, if you want to just watch, like the Indian Premier League is some of the coolest sporting experience to watch on television that you'll find anywhere. Um, and uh, so yeah, I, I mean, like, am I, am I watching it hardcore? No, but it's definitely, definitely one of those things. Things that I um, I always tune in at World Cup time, and whenever it's on, I love just sitting back and watching. It is an awesome sport. Cool. Okay, good to know. Yeah, we can chat more about the IPL. It's coming soon, starting on March 22nd, so hopefully we yeah, can share some. Yeah, it's right around the that. corner. Yeah. All right. Sounds good, Pat. Thanks so much for answering my couple of questions, and yeah, great game overall, and let's look forward to Battle of Alberta on Saturday. Okay, and be well, buddy. Good to hear from you. Yeah. Yeah, have a good night. Take care. Phone lines are still open at 403-240-4444. Flames beat the Bruins 3-2 in overtime as our Flames Talk postgame show continues. Steinberg along with you on a Thursday night. How about Nazem Kadri, number one star, goal and an assist, was the best player on the ice, if you ask me. And uh, he scored the overtime winner with 64 seconds to go. Here is Nazem Kadri postgame tonight. How do you feel getting that OT win over Boston? Great, great. I mean, uh, you know, hard-fought game. Took uh, 65 minutes. I'm happy to get the win, yeah. When there's crazy overtime like that, is doesn't like to see the puck go. It's got to be a run. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was exhausted by the end of that one. Just an absolute track meet. So uh, probably fun for you guys to watch, I'm sure. Uh, fun for us to watch, too. But um, nice to come out on the proper side of that one. Marky was, uh, you know, made some great saves for us, gave, gave us the opportunity to um, go cash in. Nazem, how much of overtime in that sense is chemistry versus X's and O's versus like a track meet? How does that work? I, I think it's just, you know, a matter of creativity, really. I think, uh, you know, teams obviously, since it's coming to the league, I think uh, there's a certain strategy you have to play uh, in three on three, but for the most part, um, you got to be creative. You got to find, uh, you know, there's obviously open ice out there. You got to find it and uh, capitalize when you get the chance. Now, you beat, you beat a Boston team that doesn't in Boston that doesn't lose very often at home, and then seven zero and three uh, on the road. They've been rolling. Why has this group had success against a team that doesn't lose a lot? Yeah, I, I don't know. For for whatever reason, I think that's uh, you know, like like I mentioned earlier, that's that's motivating to see, and I think that's uh, you know, inspiring for all of us. You know, some some great teams come in here and we're able to uh, come out on the proper side of that. So it says a lot about the group. We've got to continue to fight and uh, beat some more good teams ahead. How important is that goal you guys scored late in the first period? Your line drives it and mm-hmm. possibly gets the finish there. Well, great response. Obviously a bit of a, um, you know, unlucky one to give up at the end of the period. You never want to uh, give one up like that for them to tie the game. But, you know, we went out there, we responded, and, you know, that just goes to show you lately. I think that's what we've been uh, good at, fighting that adversity and uh, overcoming, you know, some uh, – you know some some problems. Uh, you, you mentioned your goalie, but uh, if you were exhausted in overtime, how do you think he was feeling? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure. I mean, uh, I don't know. He's 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 in great shape, so I'm never worried about him. But uh, like I said, Marky's you know he, he's he's an efficient goaltender, and he uh, you know he's he's uh, you see him battle like that, it makes you want to push even a little bit harder for him. So uh, it's good to see everyone rallied. Great two points. You've been a leader on teams in the past, not trying to play otherwise, but obviously playing with two young guys, we've seen you come up big in so many big moments. Has this been a different role for you this year? Um, yeah, in, in a way, for sure. I mean, I, I definitely never 
played with so many rookies in my whole career. I mean, just, uh, you know, it, it was a revolving door at one point, but uh, it's nice to find some uh, some guys you can build some chemistry with. And uh, like I said, you know, they're, they're character guys, you know, always willing to learn and, and uh, willing to get better and push themselves. And, uh, you know, that's motivating for me too. You touched on it earlier, but what does Markstrom mean to this team? He's, he's the backbone. I mean, that uh, he gives us an opportunity to win. Um, and that's what all great teams have. You know, they have a, a guy in the crease that can make some timely saves. And, you know, to win a championship, to win playoff games, to win playoff series, you need timely saves and you need timely goals. And we saw both those tonight. There you go. That is Nazem Kadri, uh, your number one star and your overtime winner tonight post-game inside the Flames locker room as we continue along on your Flames Talk post-game show this evening. Kadri would uh, be a leading candidate. If he wasn't already named the number one star tonight, he would almost certainly have been the player with heart, but because he's the number one star, we'll go in another direction for the player with heart in tonight's game. Flames win, by the way. Um, 3-2 in overtime over the Boston Bruins. Player with heart brought to you by Heart Fit Clinic, and um, you know, few different ways that you could go with this one if you ask me but you know who I thought played that way all night uh was Michael Backlund I I mean he fought the puck when he was in opportunity like he had great opportunities and you know a couple times he healed pucks and whiffed on a one-timer one time he uh, fired a great opportunity just high you know he was all around it but not quite on it and yet he was a really effective player and his line was really effective once again Backland line uh, does, does what they uh, usually do, and that is spend, especially in the first 40 minutes of play, spend a lot of time on the attack. Uh, when it's all said and done, Michael led the team with eight shot attempts, led the team with four shots on goal, uh, led the team with four individual scoring chances. Uh, one of those was a high danger. So Michael Backland is tonight's player with heart, brought to you by HeartFit Clinic for heart fit assessments and proven treatments. Not available at your doctor's office. Visit HeartFit.com. Let's go back inside the Flames locker room for a final time tonight. We've heard from Nazem Kadri. We've heard from Jacob Markstrom. We've heard from Ryan Huska. Also, we heard live from Martin Pospisil, and we heard live from goaltending coach Jason LaBarbera. But how about the gentleman who opened scoring tonight? That would be Oliver Shillington. He now has uh, goals in two straight games. Here is Oliver Shillington postgame inside the Flames locker room. What does it say about this group that, you know, you can beat Boston in Boston, you can beat them here at home, you had Winnipeg the other day, and I think you mentioned the word character, that seems to be a theme, but what does it do for this group and why have you had so much success against these big boys? That's a good question, I mean, I, I think we've uh, shown character, but I think um, the toughest thing with everything, I, it's just to find consistency with it, and uh, I think that's our challenge, just to try to find consistency uh, against uh, every team in the league to to play the way we play today. So, um, yeah, I think that's the answer to your question. Jacob Markstrom just continues to impress everyone, doesn't he? I mean, how do you describe the way he's playing? Like uh, Noah said, he's the backbone of this team. He's our best player, and, uh, you know, he bails us out. Uh, you saw that uh, in the second and uh, in the third and in the over and, and the overtime. And uh, you don't win many games in, in the league if you don't have a goalie like that. So for us, we love him, and he's a big part of our team. When, that... when you have a goalie like that that's in the zone, that's making saves, and you're a guy that jumps up in the rush, does it 
give you a little bit more of, hey, if I jump up, I know that Marky's going to be back there type of mentality a little bit? Or? I'm still going to jump. That's my way to play. <laughs> That's my way to play, but uh, obviously, like, knowing that you have a top goaltender in the league uh, that can play the puck, that can save the puck, that reads the game very well, uh, obviously that makes you feel more comfortable out there, but uh, at the same time, you we all have, have our jobs to do, and then we can't just rely on one guy, but, but he makes timely saves for us, and, and he's showing, I feel like, every day that he's the best guy in this room, so no, he, he deserves the credit, and, and yeah, we... We love playing for him. How did it feel for you getting another goal back, goal to back, back games for you? Uh, uh, I mean, I'm good, but <laughs> I, I mean, I, I want to do whatever I can to, to try to help the team. If that's goals, if that's blocking shots, if that's taking down guys, I'm gonna do it. So yeah, I'm just happy that I chipped in with a with a goal today, and and uh, yeah, felt good. That it overtime was. period was as thrilling as we've seen in some time from your vantage point. What was that like? Yeah, I thought. The goalies made it pretty interesting because they played the puck a lot, and that made the game go back and forth. And, and I think that that's the way to play three on three. You catch guys off changes and and, uh, and stuff like that. So, uh, Marky made some key key saves, and, and Nas made a very nice goal. So, yeah, no, I thought we we played uh, pretty good over 60 minutes. Oh, this this signal here is the universal sign for all by the next round. Is that is that that was part of your goal selling? No, it was it was that? another one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just another like, round. Yeah. With <laughs> pride in the the defensive play you made on that goal to start the match. I take pride in, in both plays of the ice. I, I mean, I uh, first I think a defenseman's job is to to try to not get scored on and try to play hard against their top guys and, and be solid but but if we can chip in offensively and, and do uh, what we're sometimes good at uh, that's a plus but I think every defenseman's job is to help the goalie out and play defense and then try to do what you can offensively. Jacob uh, downplayed it a little bit but he, he, he's now second all time in, in wins for a Swedish goalie. You know better than most. I mean that's pretty impressive isn't it? I mean I'm telling like Swedish media that he's not getting enough credit for his place and, and the way he you know conducts himself. He, he's the, one of the best pros I've ever played with and, and one of the nicest persons I know so uh, he deserves a lot of credit because he's, he's an all-time great in terms of Swedish goalies in your mind, no question. Yeah, I mean, if he's for sure top three. Yeah. Can you can you, can you give us a sense what Nazim means to this group as a whole on off the ice? Over. I just feel like he has a swagger to him. Like just he just has a vibe and and uh, he knows what he's good at and and uh, he brings that composure to him and and he's a great dude. So just let him do what he does. Does that rub off on guys when guys got a swagger or confidence that he seems to? Yeah, I think he, I mean, especially that line with, with Zars and Pospi, I think uh, uh, they, they know what they're uh, individually good at. And I think that, you know, helps uh, all of them to, you know, elevate, elevate their games. So uh, I thought that line looks, it looks great. And I think Nas, with his experience, give those guys uh, a lot of juice. So. 
There you go. Oliver Shillington goals in at two straight games and uh, his thoughts post-game following a 3-2 overtime win over the Boston Bruins this evening. It's Steinberg along with you on your Flames Talk post-game show on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. So uh, this homestand comes to an end. Let's look ahead. It's uh, time to look ahead. And looking ahead is brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech, fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system. To learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer, visit oncolyticsbiotech.com. So next up for the Flames is round three of this year's Battle of Alberta in Edmonton on Saturday night, third of four meetings between the two teams this year. Uh, Edmonton's taken the first two. They, of course, won the Heritage Classic in October 5-2. And then uh, January, they won here by a 3-1 score. So the Flames uh, have actually lost their last four consecutive head-to-head games against the Oilers. They'll try to snap that on Saturday night at Rogers Place in downtown Edmonton. So that's next up. Then they're back home for a three-game homestand. First two games on that, Tuesday versus Los Angeles. And then a week from Saturday, March 2nd, it's the Mika Kiprasov game. Uh, Penguins and Flames next Saturday, March 2nd. That is Looking Ahead. Brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech. Fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system. To learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer, visit oncolyticsbiotech.com. Back to the text line we go at 960-960. Um, this says, do you think Coleman's contract would be movable? Maybe he'd waive his no trade to go to Dallas. Do I think it's movable? Yes. Do I think they should move him? No. Personally, I don't. I think Coleman's a guy you want to grow with. I think Coleman's a guy, as you go through this retool, rebuild, restructure, um, revamp, whatever you're doing, remix, Whatever they're doing here, I think Coleman is an absolute asset to have inside that locker room. His leadership, his lead by example, his he's just he he elevates players around him. And and Blake Coleman chose Calgary to raise a family, chose Calgary coming off a Stanley Cup to he chose it over Dallas, chose it over a couple of other teams. I know New Jersey was really interested in bringing him back. He chose Calgary to and yeah, maybe the Flames gave him an extra year. I don't know. But he chose Calgary, and one of the things he talked about was raising a family, starting, you know, really putting down roots in a new place. He chose Calgary, and 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 I think there's something really important about that. So personally, I would not be looking to trade Blake Coleman. I think he's more of an asset with you than he is elsewhere, and what you could get back from him. This reads from Avro. Impressed with a couple players' games. Kadri's playing like a beast. Love it. And Pospisil brings a certain edge and engagement I haven't seen since the likes of Vili Neiman in from the 04 Finals team. Love the youth Connie's injecting into the roster, and I'm excited for the future. And I, uh, I, I like that. I like the comparison to Niemannen. Uh, I like it because I made it a few weeks ago, and so if somebody agrees with me, that makes me happy. But I, I just, I agree. I think there's a there, that that edge, that greasiness with a little skill. I love it on the on the front of Martin Pospisil. Uh, Coleman says Walker Dewar's a liability on the fourth line. It's getting tough to watch the guy struggle to keep up to the NHL pace. What do you think's the difference for him between this season and last season that's made him ineffective? Thanks for making the drive back to. Is bearable. Well, I've actually liked him a little bit better since Rooney um, has rejoined the group and Pelche as well. Obviously, Pelche's missed the last four games, but um, I, I, I've liked him 
quite a bit, all things considered. Um, and I, I haven't really had a problem with Dewar, or, or I've, I've felt like he's been a little bit more effective uh, since that line was kind of put together. Although I do wonder, I think Hunt's actually come in and been maybe even a little bit more effective. I wonder if Pelche comes back on Saturday if they go Hunt, Pelche, and Rooney on the fourth line and, and maybe Walker Dewar sits out a game. I'm curious if they think about doing that. Um, this reads from Greg in Varsity. Pat, let's have a fun trade thought. Kevin Woodley's often talked about the difficulty of trading a goalie midseason and that goalies may have trouble adjusting to the tendencies of their new teams uh, and their new team's demon. So let's trade Markstrom, Hannafin, and Tanev all to the same, time, same team, FYI. New Jersey has a deep prospect pool, young skilled roster players, and all three first round picks until 2026. Can you say mega blockbuster? My thoughts, not yours. Um, <laughs> that would be a blockbuster. Let me tell you that. Am I anticipating that? No. Would it be fun? Absolutely. Um, Ethan in Saskatoon writes, what an amazing game, Patty. I don't want the Flames to trade Markstrom because I think if they make it to the playoffs, they'll wreak havoc on Vancouver or Winnipeg in round one. I mean, look, I, I don't think this is a cup contending group necessarily, but chip in a chair, if they make the right trades, the pragmatic trades with Hannafin and Tanev, they get in, well, then I'm all for them seeing letting, letting it buck in the playoffs. Absolutely go chip in a chair and see what you can do. And if you've got Markstrom, I think you can do some some really interesting things in a round one type scenario if you're the Flames. Uh, Jenny and Birdie in my old hood, Highwood. If Markstrom hadn't gone for a skate in the first period, they'd have won it in regulation. What I'm wondering about is why he keeps repeating the same mistake and what's it going to take to get him to stay in the paint? Velcro, a shot caller. Also, Kuzmenko's effort and the benching seemed misaligned. Eager to hear your thoughts. Thanks, as always. Um, on the Markstrom front, I had no problem with him doing what he did. Look, Jacob Markstrom is one of the top two or three puck-handling goaltenders in the NHL. He is an asset to them with how adept he is at handling the puck. And he makes mistakes very rarely based on how much and how active he is. He ain't Mike Smith. He's not going for silly skates. But he is an extremely effective puck-handling goaltender. Again, I think top two or three in the NHL in that regard. And I think he made the right read to come out and challenge Marchand. He just probably should have shot it off to the side instead of trying to go up the middle. Okay, he made a mistake. I want Jacob Markstrom playing the puck personally as much as he has been playing the puck. I really do. I, I want him to continue playing the puck as as much as he has um, because I, I think that that makes him an asset to this team. I, I think that he is a better goaltender and a more effective goaltender when he is playing the puck like that. So, no, if you ask me, I don't think you do want to Velcro him to the crease because I think you want him to continue playing the puck as much as he has because it helps the team win hockey games. I really do. Uh, but I get, the, I, I get it. He made a mistake tonight, but that's okay. He, when you handle the puck as well as he does, you're going to do it on a regular basis. And when you do it on a regular basis, you're going to make a mistake the same way any other defenseman or forward is going to make a mistake every once in a while. Um, this says, Pat, I always wondered why Shillington's pronounced Shillington and not Kylington. Um, I, I did too because that's what I called him on the draft floor in 2015. I said, uh, uh, let's welcome Oliver Kylington to, uh, the, the, uh, to our draft location. He said, actually, it's Shillington. I said, oh, okay, that's good to know. I never made that mistake again. Um, 
This says, great first period, super exciting overtime, remarkable performance from Markstrom again. Um, This says... um, Remember when Jim Vandermeer suited up on wing for the Flames back in the late 2000s? Shillington could do it. I'm not suggesting he couldn't. This goes back to an earlier text that says move him to center. I'm not suggesting Shillington couldn't move up to play the wing, but why would you? He's a really good defenseman. He is a NHL defenseman. Why would you want to unless you absolutely had to and you were short forwards why would you think of doing that? Like, it just doesn't make sense. Again, in the last 20 years, Bufflin and Burns are the two guys that have swapped positions like that. What, like, Shillington's a great skater, but he's also a really good defenseman. My my feel is if he's a really good defenseman, why not just have him be a really good defenseman? That's all. Uh, Dion Phaneuf once played a game at, at wing. I think it lasted like nine minutes, and they're like, this is not working. Um, this reads, Pat, I'm totally on board with you about Kadri. More often than not, players get too cute, making too many passes and lose the puck. He had ice in his veins in overtime. What a shot. Um, that uh, goes back to uh, Dylan's comment earlier about Kadri being selfish, to which I clapped back and said, it's the NHL. You're allowed to hold the puck. If holding the puck is what you do best, and that is what Kadri does best, nobody is going to their parents afterwards and saying that Kadri is a puck hog. Like that, this is not this is not rec hockey. We're not playing at the Crowchild Twin Arenas, and there's nothing wrong with playing at the Crowchild Twin Arenas. And there is such a thing as a puck hog when you're playing U8 and so. Absolutely, those things are all valid. This is the NHL. There's that like there's nobody. Selfish players on the ice. I don't buy that narrative when you're the best player on the team like Kadri has been uh, for most of this season. Uh, this from Jerry says, nice to see the passion in the Flames team and fans. Not sure why they don't play Shillington in overtime. To me, he seems ideally suited to that setup. Um, this says, as a fan who may not understand all the nuances of the game and of goaltending, please explain to me why in the world you'd trade one of the top 10 goalies in the league and then have to go out and replace him with someone else who's not in the same caliber. Even within your own organization, please explain that to me. The reason why you would do that is for, for two reasons. New Jersey is all over, or has been, I'm not saying they necessarily are right now, but has been all over um, Jacob Markstrom for most of the season. And so the Flames are going in a different direction. They are going younger. They are pivoting. They are building for a few years down the road. Jacob's only got two years left on his deal, and you've got a team that's interested in him, very interested in him. I think it it behooves you to, at the very least, um, have the conversation with the Devils. The other thing is, is that because they're going in a different direction, Jacob may prefer to be on a team that is closer to winning a Stanley Cup in the next two years, as in the final two years of his contract, then he would be going through a retool like the Flames are going through. It's not It's not a Flames are trying to get rid of Jacob. It's not a Jacob wants out. It's a, is this the best for the long term of the conversation, and is this the best move for Jacob in the final two years of his deal? That's... Um, 
that's why it's not a desire to get rid of him to that texter's question. Chris writes, uh, do you know why Kuzmenko was benched for most of the third? He had an assist, but only one or two shots. He didn't look amazing, but looked decent. Maybe he had said something to the coach. Do you think it was purely performance-based? No, my my feel is um, with... Kuzmenko is just it was too close a game in the third period I don't think it was anything Kuzmenko necessarily I don't think it was one play or one awful move I I just think it was there is a certain lack of trust I think in Kuzmenko's details defensive details off puck details and when you're in a 2-2 game with the best team or one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference who are all of a sudden starting to make their biggest push of the game, I think it's more of a trust thing. And I think Huska was picking and choosing where to get Kuzmenko on the ice so he felt like it wasn't going to potentially hurt them. So I don't think it was... Look, as soon as they acquired Kuzmenko, it was... We know he's got a high-end offense, but this is a guy that struggles away from the puck and defensively. And I think that we've seen some of those things in his first eight, nine games, whatever it's been, as a member of the Flames. Uh, so that that's why, I think. Um, what else we got here at 960-960? This comes from Brad in Bridgeland. Uh, this game shows this team can throw them with the best of them. Boston showed up tonight, and the Flames held in right to the end. The bottom six is a bit concerning, though. Kuzmenko seemed to be benched for most of the third, only playing more minutes than Dewar, who I think has struggled all season. I wonder if Conroy's entertaining flipping him at the deadline to accrue more assets. On the plus side, love the cadre line, and Zeri continues to impress me with his poise and playmaking. Um, yes, I do believe that they have, will continue to entertain that. I, I, I fully believe the Flames are open to flipping Kuzmenko between now and the deadline. I don't know what type of interest there would be, but I do think if somebody came knocking and were willing to offer something that was interesting, yes, I absolutely believe the Flames would be willing to flip Andre Kuzmenko. I'm, I'm quite confident that they would be, um, and I don't think that that is the number one reason why they acquired him. The number one reason he's here is is to make the money work for Lindholm the other way. They also want to see if, if there's some chemistry with Huberto, which there has been in spurts. But yeah, I, I, um, I, I fully believe that the Flames have talked about and are willing to flip him at the deadline if a deal makes sense. And maybe not just at the deadline, maybe in the offseason, maybe next year's deadline. Yes, I believe that is all in play from what I understand. Um, this says, any day now they're going to lose their second defense pair. Should we be worried that Gilbert and Osterley have been sitting for weeks without playing? Seems likely that'll be the third pair very soon. Um, I don't know. I mean, those guys are both pros and, and they practice. I saw Osterley and, and Gilbert get put through the absolute paces um, after morning skate today. They, they they work hard. Osterley's been through this. Gilbert's now been through this. I, I actually don't worry about them not being ready to jump into game action if, when Tanev and Hannafin are dealt. Um, this from Will in BC. This was such a fun game. I forgot all about the noise about trades and who's doing what. I'm just enjoying the moment. Can't wait for Saturday. Now that the Oilers aren't a bottom feeder anymore, I like the Flames chances on Saturday. Uh, Brad writes, uh, great game tonight from Markstrom. The boys really worked in this one. I don't understand why Kuzmenko was demoted as I thought he played well tonight, was moving his feet and played hard. I can't for the life of me understand why he barely played in the third. Um, 
I think that that is. I, I think I explain that as best as I can, or my um, idea of it, uh, a little bit earlier. Um, this from Chess, who says Pat just got off the ice at Crowchild Twin, our regular Thursday night slot. Uh, Okie's no cadre. He needs to pass more. When I step on the ice, I'm open. Big win, great shot. Okay, you know, great show rather. You know, Okie, you are a puck hog. Okie, you need to pass more to Chess. That's what I can say. Oki, selfish, Kadri, NHL are allowed to be quote unquote selfish. There is a, I, I think there's a delineation that's very important there. Um, there you go. That's just a little bit of uh, a lot of our text line tonight. Great stuff on the text line tonight at 960, 960. Few more calls before we wrap things up on this. Thursday night following a Flames 3-2 overtime win over Boston. Let's start with Bryce on our Flames Talk post-game show. What's up, Bryce? Oh, hey. Hi, Hi. how are you doing? Good, pal. How are you? Um, all good. I'm still excited for the trip there. And yeah. Monday. Yeah. And exciting. And two questions. Did Tampa put on waivers that young guy? Um, it's a long name. And then the other question, Alex uh, Nylander got traded. Would, is any of those were Calgary looking at, too? I have were... no, I, I don't know. Um, oh. I, I honestly have no idea on that front. Oh, okay. I was just curious, you know, Alex Nylander and Michael Nylander, and I thought it would have been... Well, Alex, nice. Alex but, is the um, the forgotten yeah. Nylander. Will Williams, the one who's leading yeah. the Maple Leafs and scoring, and then Alex is the former first rounder who hasn't quite worked out the same way. No, no, I, I know. It was like, is he a left winger? Or was he, or I don't. Yeah, uh, he's a forward. That's all I I remember. Oh, okay, on, on Alex Nylander. <laughs> And tonight's game, that was an awesome overtime. Great saves by Markstrom, the usual. Yep. And, yeah, and then um, next weekend, Kippers off. Uh, um, I guess numbers getting retired. That would be exciting. Yeah, it'll be a good night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I looked at all of his stuff and was like, God, oh, it's like almost like wild <laughs> yeah well i mean it's been it's yeah. been uh more than 20 years since they acquired him yeah that it, it seems a long time <laughs> yeah. anyway i just thought um there were just those questions i had and and hopefully we can put a shout out special olympics nationals and everybody come and watch it and, and enjoy the the event because you'll see amazing athletes that that we that we go out there and do the, and it's not it's not for money it's for the excite the excitement and then doing something for for all of us with, and having fun with each other and making friends and having a good time and and then the bonus is if you you win you get to go somewhere <laughs> Yeah. Um yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah. and I'm I'm stoked that the uh the national games are here in Calgary. I'm I'm really close with our uh special O Calgary crew, um mm-hmm. Kathy and, and Nadine and, and everybody who does such great work here. Uh one of the absolute great organizations in this city mm-hmm. is is Special Olympics Calgary. So no, enjoy mm-hmm. your time out here, Bryce. I will. I Get here safe, okay? Yeah. Did you find out? Anything? Or... Working. I'll, well, I'll, I'll be in touch with you. 
Okay. Yeah, you have my cell. <laughs> yes, I do. Okay. Okay, Bryce. Be well, brother. Take clear. You too. Thanks, man. Uh, let's continue along. Take a few more calls and go to Allen following tonight's 3-2 yes. win in overtime over Boston. What's up, Allen? Yes. yes, hi, Pat. I would like to uh, chat a little bit about the playoff format. Um, the way it sits now, half the teams are in and half are out. And by the time it's Christmas, a quarter are definitely out. So they're, they're fans, they're, those teams... They're basically playing for nothing, and uh, there's not there's a lack of interest because there's no hope of making the playoffs. And right now we've got five five teams uh, vying for one one wild card. Let's mm-hmm. say LA is in, and the other five teams are trying for that last wild card. I would like to see two more wild cards. Uh, one in each uh, division, and or one, uh, two for the conference rather, and uh, have um, have a little best of three between the four wild cards. Yeah, I, I would, uh, I wouldn't mind. And we don't, and 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 Alan, uh, it, we we want to keep it mostly focused on on the Flames and and the the game yeah. and stuff like that. But okay. I, I oh, will yeah. say, I will say that I I am kind of with you on that. I've always felt like um, uh, an expansion of the playoffs is something I'd really be interested in seeing. Maybe it's a uh, play. Maybe you start. Um, maybe you start like take baby steps. Maybe you go from the way it is right now, or and then you institute just a, a, a an eight versus nine playoff type thing. You know, where the last wild card spot, you you do a best of three or something like that. And if that's successful, yeah. maybe you go to you add another one and you play both teams play best of threes to decide the wild. I mean, I'm 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 really actually am all for it. I, I'd be quite mm-hmm. interested by it. I don't believe or I don't get the sense the NHL is in the same camp that you and I are. But, yeah, I, I think it's actually quite interesting and would be very interested uh, if they were to do that. I just am not anticipating it, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's just so simple. You have you have the four wild cards play each other. Then you end up, after a best of three, uh, you have you end up with still two more wild cards, and you go back to the, and then you go to the regular format. Uh, and, uh, and you've given the, the top teams... Uh, the non wild card teams one week's rest. Yeah, no, I, I, I'd, I'd be very interested in it, man. I just... I'd like to keep more teams uh, involved. Yeah. Right now we're sitting on the bubble here. We don't know what to do. We don't know whether to sell or buy. And then no, they, they uh, know what I, to do. I, that well, that well, much. I mean, we don't know what to. We we're, our hearts are torn, right? We're the fans. We don't know what. But I would much do. rather, like I would, I, I would contend with you, Alan, and 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 then um, we'll, we'll have to move off the the topic after this just to get back yeah. to the game. But uh, I would contend. Good, yeah. I would contend that the NHL's current system, specifically with three-point games, um, I, I would contend that the NHL is the league with 
the most parity in the four major sports. I, I feel like the playoff races are down to the wire way more in the NHL than they are in the NBA, than they are in the uh, in, in the NFL, and and definitely in Major League Baseball. You want to talk about teams that are out of it? You got teams that that are out of it in mm. June in Major League Baseball, and they're playing 110 games yeah. where they know they're not making the playoffs like that. That the, I I find the NHL is the most competitive and the one with the most parity for the balance of 82 games myself. Mm. Well, baseball is different because the players go out and play an individual game and the fans go out and enjoy the afternoon. And it's, it's a leisurely thing. It's more of a, more of an art show. I would, I I would disagree on that front. (laughs) Uh, There are many, many passionate baseball fans and fans of their team. I don't like if I was a, if I'm a fan of uh, the Seattle Mariners every year, I, I get kind of, I get kind of bored with them being 20 games under 500. I'm, I'm just mm-hmm. cherry picking the Mariners, but like if you're so a team like that. Team. It's, it's tough, man. Like this is way more desirable. What is the NHL? Oh, well, yeah, but I mean, like now we've got one, one team's going to get in as a wild card and four teams won't be. Uh, four, four, four teams will be out. Oh, I mean, at least that brings a bunch of meaningful games down the stretch. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm all for that as opposed to the but, opposite where everybody's out like they are in baseball where there's only like uh, a quarter of the teams that are relevant halfway through the season. I still like the fans to have a little more optimism because now we lose a game and that looks like it's the end of the world. We're gonna, we, we'll never make uh, that, that one wild card spot. And the same with every other of the of the, the other four teams. I don't and, know. I, you know I, it's, the, the disappointment is so great when you lose because, you know. It you don't like having high world. stakes on games? You don't, you don't like games feeling like they mean something? I'm sorry? Well, that. Doesn't that just like make it feel like the games mean something? I don't know. I kind of like the oh, fact there's a lot of gravity in these games. Makes well, them feel it's, enjoy- it's enjoyable to watch the game, but when your team is not in it, or your team loses, then you know you've uh, you're disappointed. But if if there's more hope, if you have more anyway, of a chance, we're on, three, Alan, we're on the we're on the same teams, page. We're on the same three page. Three of those teams, three of those five teams can make it. Alan, you don't have to. You're, you don't. You don't have to convince me. I'm. Okay. I'm on the same page with you. I, I, I think just, it'd be I, cool I never too. Hear, I never hear it discussed, and so I thought I'd. I'd hang on tonight and, and see if I could get that out there and. And, and see I just. I wouldn't you hold would your breath sure. on it. I wouldn't hold your breath on it happening anytime yeah. soon. Okay. That's all. Great game, anyway. We enjoy that. Uh, we enjoy a win. Everybody played well. Be well, Alan. That was fun. Have a great night. Thank you. You too. Bye. A uh, couple more calls. Adam is up next. What's up, Adam? Hello? Adam, what's going on? Yo, Pat, how are you, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right, doing all right. So let me ask you a question, man. So you assume Tanev and and, uh, Hannafin will get traded, right? Yes. What's what's realistically you can get? Did you want to hear my offer? Sure. You think we could get either Tanev to, let's say, who's interested? Do you think Dallas would be interested? Potentially, yeah. What about that sack open guy? Not for Tanev. I, I would. I, I think it would be very unlikely you're getting Stankoven in, in a deal with Dallas, but, but period. Well, I, I whole point of a trade deadline is to be aggressive, right? 
hey man, I'm not. I I don't I don't run the Dallas Stars. I just feel like that guy's pretty close to untouchable. You think he's untouchable? I don't know, man. Wayne Gretzky got traded. I that is a completely irrelevant. That's a very large false flag. How? It it has nothing to do with this conversation. Okay, then wh- wh- why would? Okay, hold on a second. What about Hannafin then? What about him? Would you trade him for Stackhoven? I would, yes. I just am skeptical Dallas would. Do you, do you think that guy's a blue chipper? Yes. Okay. Uh, listen, I won't disagree with that, man. I don't, I don't run the Dallas Stars. You know, you don't run the Dallas Stars. If they could, the I would Stars. be – like, if they could, I think that's a home run for the Flames. Like, I, I if they could get Stankoven from Dallas in a Hannafin trade, I don't think it's realistic in a Tanev trade, but if they could in a Dallas tra- – in a Hannafin trade, I don't even know if you'd need a first-round pick because that would be such a huge, huge prize. I just am skeptical Dallas would be um, would be interested in doing that. Okay. So, okay, let's – Forget about that. I want to move on to goaltender right now. Okay. For me, I would keep Markstrom. Um, Al, Adam, uh, Adam, can you turn your radio down in the background first of all? Um, it's really distracting for both of us. So if you can turn that down in the background, that'd be awesome. Uh, second of all, um. Yeah, I mean, again, I don't think the Flames are trying to get rid of Markstrom here. I think there how has been. Of, hold on, can I, can I get in there? If I do apologize, but how much of a believer are you in this, in this Wolf guy? Because honestly, man, I just I'm not really buying him. I'm a big believer in Wolf, but that almost is immaterial to me when it comes to when it comes to Markstrom. There's one team that has been all over him for months, and that's New Jersey. It's a Flames team that is looking to go in a different direction. And so when a team came to them and was willing to play some ball on a deal, I, I they listened. Obviously, the deal didn't get made. Don't think that it's, uh, you know, they're really all that close at anything right now. And so I, I don't know if Markstrom will be traded. I'm, you know, I'm, I guess what I would say is I'm not expecting Markstrom to get moved between now and the deadline. I am expecting Hannafin and Tanev to get moved. What'll be interesting is the off season because Jacob Markstrom has two years left on his contract and yeah, he he's does. 34 years old and he wants to win a Stanley cup and he is driven by one thing. And that one thing uh, more than anything else is winning. And if this is going to be a flames team that is going to be taking a slight step back competitive wise to build for a bigger picture, like the fall of 2027, I think there is a significant chance that Jacob would not be super, enamored being around for that or if he had his druthers or if he had his choice I think he would rather be on a team that is closer to winning that that I think is fair to say well what what, what other teams will have interest in Marshall other than New Jersey right now New Jersey is is enough I think what about Toronto and Carolina potentially I don't know about Toronto. I think, I think they, I think they really like Joe Wall there. Um, I don't know if Toronto is as realistic, but Carolina maybe. Okay. Well, if I was Carolina, what would you potentially want? Draft pick, a prospect, what? I what would you want in fir- first first round pick and a prospect would probably be what I'd be looking what for. About that, Nate, what about that Nacious kid? Probably not for Markstrom. And my answer would be just because he's because of age, or is because he's too valuable well, to the hurricane. Yeah, I mean, I would be all over that if if they were if if 
they have the, if, if Markstrom and the Flames were to decide that a trade is the best way to go, and if Carolina was interested, yes, I personally would love Natchez. I think he'd be great. I just don't think Carolina would would be moving him. I think they, like Car- Carolina would be acquiring a guy like Markstrom in the off season to compete for a stamp to, to to try to win a Stanley Cup, and they would hurt themselves by le- losing Natchez. I think they would be looking to trade picks and prospects, not impact roster players. Well, I see how it is, man. I see how it is. All right. All right, man. Well, I had a dream, and I don't know if you're going to hear this, but I had a dream one time that, and I don't know if it'll ever happen in real life. I wish it happened in real life that we traded Huberdo and Kadri to Edmonton for McDavid. Will that ever happen in real life or am I dreaming? Okay, Adam, you have yourself a wonderful night. I, I hope that uh, you uh, have a great Friday. Let's uh, wrap things up with our boy, Jose. What's going on, Jose? How you doing, brother? <laughs> you know, I've heard I've heard more cockamamie things out of your mouth than our pri- prior caller's last uh, words, so uh, you don't get to laugh. Dude, I don't know how you do it, man. You're, you're, <laughs> you have... Dude, you're you're like Kung Fu Panda when it comes to these calls, man. You have just like a killer instinct of, of just patience, man. It's wow. <laughs> Batman, oh my god, what a game. What a roller coaster ride. And and this this game is just it just it's a uh what's what's the word I'm looking for? It it's it's just a snapshot of this team's season. A roller coaster. Of emotions, I mean, here you are losing to San Jose, and you're beating Boston in overtime in a fantastically played game. I mean, it's just you know this is what's frustrating about this team, Pat. You know, we 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 go through these highs and these lows, and and this is why you know for years we've always been trying to kick around that word of elite team, you know. One of the Flames going to be an elite team, and definitely this year is not one of those years that we're going to be talking about an elite team. But elite teams don't have these these dips and and, and these these peaks and troughs and, and these oscillations and in, in, in well, of course they well they they do, but not to the same extent as teams like the Flames, who are a middle of the road team. You know, are do right, and I mean, but but. Go take a look at the other teams in the fight with the with the Flames right now. Um, Nashville has had the same issues all year. Seattle has had the same issues all year. Minnesota aided more so by injuries, but have had the same issues all year. St. Louis, same issues all year. Los Angeles, same issues all year. So, like, it is a symptom of being a middle-of-the-road team that sometimes Seattle just went out and laid one on Vancouver tonight, uh, one of the best teams in the West. Seattle has also had some really ugly, bad-looking losses this year. The Flames just laid one on Boston one of the best teams in the East. They also, as you mentioned, yep. lost to, to San Jose last week. Minnesota's yep. done that. Like This is what happens when you are not an elite team. You have the wild fluctuations like the Flames have had this year. And, and it's not to say that the higher-end teams don't have their fluctuations, but Hey, they are they're they're far less Boston, dramatic, right? and there's a whole lot more consistency to their level of play. Yeah, I mean, you can you can even call us that that fluctuation for Boston because we're we're almost like they're absolutely right. We got swept by Columbus. Now Boston got swept by Calgary. 
Like, come on, you got swept by the flames? What's wrong with you, right? But it's just it's just a symptom of, of the of the mediocrity that we're mired in and it's it's frustrating because they make you believe and they give you this faith and then they pull the rug out from under you and you fall flat on your face and it's like what But you know what's going on, Jose. You know what's <laughs> going on. You know they're not giving you faith. They're they're living up to what they are. A good team. A a, a better than average team. And sometimes better than average teams look really good. You know, I'll tell you one thing, though. One thing that I felt good about this game, though, is that Markstrom had that gaffe in the first period, but the team made up for it. And it's been night after night and after night after night that Markstrom has had to pick up this team. And for once, it was nice to see the team pick up after Markstrom. Markstrom made that mistake, and these guys, it was almost like, hey, Markstrom, we got you, buddy. And, And they came out and scored that second goal. Well, and then he the got then, then he got them in the second and third period in overtime too. Well, that's what I mean. Like he he shut the door after that gaff. You know, it, I mean, it's a Boston team that's going to score eventually. So, you know, you're you're playing with fire if you're not going to put in a third one on on them and and put them to bed. But it was it was an exciting game, Pat. It was just so back and forth. I went I went with my little brother, and he's a Boston fan. And last year he was just giving me the gears because we lost in overtime. And this year it was so great to beat them in overtime and have have a fun result. But, you know, when it comes to Markstrom, man, I, I don't think we can trade him. You know, if you if you want to make the comparison of a number one goaltender to the NFL with a number one quarterback, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a team that I'll, that I'll give you a comparison to, and I hate this team. I hate them with a passion, and you know that I do, the Green Bay Packers. Right? They got a Fantastic starting quarterback in uh, – I can't even think of his name right now. We're uh, talking – are we going back to Brett Favre? Brett Favre, yeah, yeah, with Favre. You know, and, and you know, Aaron Rodgers comes in as backup for a couple of years, you know, learns the ropes, blah, blah, then Favre takes over. Wasn't it only, wasn't it only one year? Rodgers was there for one year under Favre, then they thought it was time to uh, go in the Rodgers direction. That's when Favre went to the Jets. And then they kind of done a, they, they kind of did a similar thing with Jordan Love, and Rodgers wasn't very stoked when they drafted Jordan Love, and um, eventually they decided to move on from Rodgers, and now Love's the quarterback. It's kind of, yeah, same thing. They, they've, they've, had a nice little, they've had a nice little role there. We'll see what Love uh, eventually ends up being, but definitely with Rodgers, Rodgers and Favre, they had some pretty good quarterbacks there. I, I there, there has to be a way that they need to move Ladar, even if it's putting him on waivers. I mean, what did you get for, you know, for Rizicka or for uh, who was the other guy that they put on waivers? Um, uh, De Simone. Uh, De Simone. I mean, I mean, De Simone, you weren't really expecting much because there wasn't a lot that was given up for him. But, but Rizicka, you know, it's. It's so funny about a guy like Rizicka. I wish that you, there was a way. Hey, what, what, what are we talking? We're not going to talk about Rizicka. You were talking about go. We can't do this. We're, we're not going on the Jose roller coaster. Oh, let's yeah, stay back to the goaltending. Back to the goaltending. Back to the goaltending. I just what, what I'm what I'm what I'm saying is that you can't trade Marston right now unless you get like an incredibly irresistible return. Yeah, which is the only which is why they haven't traded him. Yeah. It's just it's just not feasible. You can't 
You can't move this guy unless somebody's really going to get. And maybe, maybe New Jersey will. Like maybe New Jersey just gets too desperate, and they they do come with a deal that you just can't refuse. And in the yeah, off season, I think, I think there's more of a potential that you move Markstrom. Yeah, but I still think that you got to hold on to Markstrom for for uh, at least another year. What if he doesn't want think, that think, though, Jose? Jose, what if he doesn't want that? Well, I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, Markstrom wants to win. Right. Yes, exactly. So that's what I'm saying. What if he doesn't want to be part of a retooling team? Well, he's got that new he's got that old trade clause, right? So he's the one who calls the shots in this case, and he's the one who makes the ultimate decision whether he wants to move or whether he wants to stay. So that's uh, that's part and parcel of of giving those no trade clauses to these players, and you're 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 subject to to the decision that that Markstrom is going to make. I, I hope they keep him. I hope that Dustin Wolf can, can learn under Markstrom because I think that there's a lot that he can learn under Markstrom. Again, I, I don't think, Jose, that this is a them trying to get rid of Jacob Markstrom thing. I really don't. No. He's under contract for two years, so it's not like it's not like you're like, oh, I hope they can hold on to him. Like They have him for two years. It just depends on what Markstrom is thinking and if New Jersey knocks their socks off with a deal. Well, maybe there's going to be another team in the offseason, right? And there could be. There's there's all kinds of, like, L.A. is a team that's had, you know, up-and-down goaltending. Even if you look at a team like Vegas, Vegas hasn't had the most consistent goaltending. They've had a good team, but... I mean, this they, year they this year they have. When Aiden Hill's been healthy, he's been a Vesna candidate, Vesna finalist-type goalie, and, you know, he did win a Stanley Cup and was pretty important for them winning a Stanley Cup. Yeah, I mean, it's just... We'll see what happens with Markstrom. I mean, I, I uh, I'm of the of the ilk or or of, of the of I, I in my opinion, or if, if if you were asking me of what I think would happen, I think they're holding on to them till till at least the off season. I I do too, Jose. I my, if if I were a betting man, that's the way I would be leaning towards as well. Yeah, and uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, as long as they have Markstrom and that man, they have a chance. At, at a playoff spot, he's he's been their their MVP without a shadow of a doubt. For sure, this is what we were talking about last year. Last yeah, year. we got to wrap up, Jose. Yeah, like last last year, the whole talk was about Markstrom was so bad and this team was so bad. This year, Markstrom is really good, and that's why they got a chance. So, you know, he's he's that number one quarterback. He's that starting goaltender. He's that's the analogy. So, Pat, love you, buddy. Hermano, have a good night. Be well, pal. Talk soon. Good to hear from you. Always, brother. Thanks, uh, thanks, Jose. Uh, and that'll wrap us up on the phone lines tonight. Thank you so much for all your texts. Thank you so much for all your phone calls this evening as the Flames take a 3-2 overtime win over the Boston Bruins here at the Dome. Flames talk post-game show moving towards its conclusion. Time for the final summary in a game the Flames never trailed in. They opened the scoring at 12.55 of the first period thanks to Oliver Shillington. He scores in his second consecutive game to make it one nothing. Shillington's second of the year from Andre Kuzmenko and Yegor Sharangovich at 12.55. Was answered by Charlie Coyle later in the period. Coyle's 19th unassisted at 18.41 made it 1-1. But 42 seconds later, Martin Pospisil goes back out in front for Calgary. 
with his fifth of the year. Pospisil from Connor Zary and Nazem Kadri at 19-23 of the first. Flames led 2-1 after 20 minutes of play. No scoring in the second period, and then Boston ties it early in the third. Coyle again, his 20th from Anthony Richard and Parker Watherspoon at 2:33 to make it a 2-2 tie. No scoring the rest of the third period, so off to overtime we go, and with 64 seconds left on a three-on-one, Nazem Kadri calls his own number and wires it for the OT winner. Kadri's 20th of the year, unassisted at 3.56 of overtime, is your game winner. 3-2 the final score. Final shots, 33-29 in favor of the Bruins. Calgary 0-for-1 on the power play tonight. Bruins 0-for-3 with the man advantage. Your three stars tonight, number three, Oliver Shillington, number two, Charlie Coyle, and with a goal and assist and the game winner, Nazem Kadri is your number one star tonight. With the win, Calgary improves to 20 25-5. They're back in action Saturday on the road in Edmonton while Boston falls to 34-12 and 12. They're back in action Saturday against old rival Vancouver. That'll uh, wrap us up on our final summary and for everyone involved in Flames Hockey tonight for our broadcast crew of Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson for our on-site engineers Tim Khalil and Randy Opperman for our reporter Logan Gordon and for our outstanding producer Azam Ali Nanji. My name is Pat Steinberg. That'll wrap us up on our Flames Talk post-game show, which is available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. As I mentioned, next up for the Flames Hockey Night in Canada, late game on Saturday. Round three of the Battle of Alberta goes at 8 o'clock from Rogers Place in Edmonton. We'll be on the air at 7 o'clock with your Calgary Flames warm-up. Have yourself a wonderful rest of your week into your weekend. Your final score from the Dome, a fun one. Flames win 3-2 in overtime over the Boston Bruins. This has been your Flames Talk post-game show available wherever you get your podcasts. And this has been Calgary Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.